All right, well, Brian was supposed to kick this off. Uh, he couldn't figure it out. Uh, I thought I'd just go ahead and start it. So, Brian, go ahead and join me when you can. I, I might have to message him to tell him. Let's see here. I went ahead and started it. Oh, there we go. Okay, he's, he's there. I didn't have to send it to him. Says adding Brian. Connecting Brian. Brian is joined. So yeah, I was getting ready to send you a message, but I see you figured it out. Yeah, I was, I, gonna, I was gonna message you while you were messaging me via video to tell you that I know that you're messaging me because I'm on the video, but you got the video going with me in the video, so the video is now my opportunity to tell you that I knew that you were messaging me on Facebook Messenger from the video that I was watching. That's that's lovely. <laughs> All right, well, like I said, Brian was supposed to be starting this, but he's a child, so. Whoa, 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 what's my age have anything to do with this? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Um, you need to share it to everything. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I was going to get ready it's, to get it's, it. It's, it's not official until you share it. Right. Okay. So entertain the one person who's watching. You Can, can you see who's watching? Oh, no, you can't see. <laughs> My mom is watching, but she hasn't said hi yet. So hey, Mom. I'm not say hi to her yet. All right. I'll go ahead and share these. And you go and do your, your goofy shit. Oh, there we go. Hi, Mom. super gangster up in here That's so right. here so i'm sitting there right and i'm just like oh hey josh is here he just said hi that's not what i was like that's actually completely oh. hey josh okay i'm going to mute my computer here because it's always like a few seconds behind so i just heard myself say hi mom you're a few seconds behind oh shut up all right, let's see. If I you know, probably people, people probably, well, probably people. Okay, let's, let's think about that sentence for a second and how I just about structured that. Oh, uh, Kimberly says, just saying hi. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, anyways, restructure your structural statement. I don't quite remember what I was going to go into detail about and discuss. That train went. And I'm like, well, see you later. Okay, so I want to interact as Alan. Because I share as the page, nobody sees it. And then, as you're saying, share this no, video I, with the official C.S. Lewis group. I'll show you the official C.S. Lewis group. I just started the sixth Harry Potter book. Yeah. And what, what's what's the name of that one? Half-Blood Prince. Okay. This is the one I threw across the room, and my mom, I'll never forget this, she pokes her head. I, I was sitting in the living room, and she was in the kitchen. And she just pokes her head around the corner and goes, not bad, huh? I'm like, yeah, my favorite character died. Now the 
Life is miserable. I don't know what to do. <laughs> was it Dobby? No. I didn't even care. I, I He died and I was like, oh, cool. Whatever. I expected that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Josh says probably people. Whatever. And, uh, oh, Kimberly says my name says one anniversary follower. Oh, That's probably people. What I what I went to say earlier was people probably, but it came out probably people. I think that's what how huh? Oh, okay. Anyway, so this 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 thought process has been long derailed. It's like, whew, Brian, where'd your head end up? And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. It didn't take the left of Albuquerque, though. I can tell you that. So it either ended up in Canada or Mexico. Yep. You spin my head right round, right round. We go okay. down. We so go. Say, this is my, my uh, sharing statement. I say, we bring carnage, ask how you doing, and say our names backwards. Or at least talk about MI6 agents who do that. I can't appreciate your dad jokes enough. I can't. Uh, How you doing? How <laughs> you doing? All right. Oh, now I got to do it all over again. Let's see here. Share. More options. Share to group. Gate free update group. Is anybody ever really active in that group anymore? Are you guys cold? You froze. Oh, how you doing? <laughs> I'll show you how you doing. I'll tell you how you doing. I'll. You got nothing, sir. At, at some point, you got to chime in because at this point, I'm just over here talking about Albuquerque and Mexico and Canada again. Albuquerque, you know, that's a great song by Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> Albuquerque. See, I can do it too. Uh, Albuquerque. All right. Everything's shared. Okay. So, we're all shared. Let me go ahead and start, start us up with our official intro greeting. And then I'm going to give everybody the lowdown uh, that Brian might not even be aware of. Let me read these comments before I do, though. Um, let's see. So Kim said she was one year one year anniversary follower. Uh, my mom said we froze, evidently. Uh, yeah, and then she asked, "Are you guys cold? You froze." Okay, so you said that. <laughs> Is Josh your refrigerator running? You might want to go <laughs> catch it. See, I didn't grow up with dad jokes. I grew up with mom jokes. <laughs> I mean, my dad had his fair share of jokes, but my mom was the one. My dad never made jokes. I just recently got into dad jokes, like, two years ago. Josh asked, how you doing? Okay. And then, mom, oh, and then my mom also says anniversary follower. Hmm. There you go. Must got warmed up. <laughs> okay, so. This, this, this. The Geekery Update with the Geekery Update with Alan. The Geekery Update. 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 Oh no, they're great. Oh, they're great. This is the Geekery Update with Brian and Alan. 
that's Brian. Me, yeah, I'm Brian. Brian. Come and on. You're Alan. Yeah. You know that part in Friends when Joey's like, just make the fart face. No, no, no. He says, uh, smelling the fart, acting. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Let's make the fart face. Make the fart. Make the fart face. <laughs> All right. So anyhow, we do. Um, so uh, a while ago, I put up with the next four. We were going to have some uh, dates switched around than our usual dates. And I put up the four, four dates that we were doing. So we're on the third date of that. Um, you know, we did, uh, what was it? Shang-Chi was the first one we did. And then we talked about DC fandom. And then so today, this is our Venom talk. We're going to be talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And then the next one is going to be on Disney for Disney Plus Day. So um, after that, we're going to take a break. That will be our season three finale. And then we'll, uh, so like beginning of next year, we'll start up with season four. Um, so I also, oh, uh, I didn't say this to Brian before, but thinking we might do like an end of the year special kind of thing. Kind of talk about everything that came out 2022, kind of go over it. I fanboy does that. So I think that'd be neat if we did that. That would be neat. Neato. Yeah. A little mid, mid season break. Thing. I don't know. So, anyways, um, so the, all this season, I have the paint man uh, forehead. Sorry, my. I said that out loud. Anyways, all this season we've been going live. This is our uh, kind of experimenting and seeing how that goes. Uh, and I think it went out. It's went pretty fairly well. Uh, however, uh, listening to the playback and then getting the audio and putting it up on the uh, the podcast for anchor uh it doesn't sound exactly and it cuts out and it doesn't sound exactly how i like it so that that's gonna get some twerking with some tweaking with uh twerk but, twerk twerk twerk, yeah. twerk everybody gonna twerk 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 all right shut up <laughs> but i've been liking the whole format where we go live we interact with everybody um if some big movie comes out we'll talk about it and then the, when we started doing, we'd do that for the first half. And then the second half, we talk about the news. We go back and forth with it. So I think that's been going pretty well. Uh, Brian and I have been kicking ideas on uh, what we'll be doing for season four. Um, I'm thinking we'll probably move over to a new platform, uh, see how that the recording for that live goes and everything. Uh, maybe get a good chance to bring in more guests, more people. Uh, but the big thing, the big takeaway from that is the segments. Um, I'm liking how the segments go. And then also, I kind of got myself a little overwhelmed, and I started all these podcasts, Brain Digestion, Comic Share, and all this. So I think I'm going to consolidate them, and then those will all be segments. So we're going to do a little bit of that tonight. Uh, like I said, um, it's pretty much what we've been doing for this season with the segments. We'll just be a little bit more organized. So the big segment where we talk about the movie in which we'll be talking about Venom, and we got a couple other movies we're going to be talking about, mm -hmm. uh, we call a Wrapping Thoughts. And don't get that confused with when Brian raps later. 
that will be called something else. <laughs> but and I don't even know when that comes, just so everyone knows. That is legitimately thrown upon me at a moment's mm -hmm. notice. And I don't, yeah, it's not like I tell Brian, it's like, yeah, at exactly 4522, that's when we'll be doing that. And this 4522 doesn't even exist on a 24 hour clock. 4522 is like. I'm not using military time. I'm just like saying. Nine, nine. 45 40. minutes and 22 seconds in. All right. Any other gravy. Uh, so let's start off. Uh, we're going to get into wrapping thoughts. And so the first movie that we're going to talk about is Venom Let There Be Carnage. Now, that came out um, a month ago. Was it October 1st? So over a month ago. Yeah, um, it was about a month ago. Yeah. And so when we talked about, I think it was when Shang-Chi, when we talked about Shang-Chi, it was already out, but it was only out for a few days. So we, just, we decided not to talk about it whatsoever because um, we didn't want to do any spoilers. Uh, and then we had the DC Fandom Day. And then, uh, so now we're here. Um, oh, yeah, I also wanted to say, so our when we talk next time, which is next Friday, uh, November 12th, that's D Disney, uh, was it Disney Plus Day? Yeah, so really the only thing we have to watch is the Marvel special, because I just found out yeah. that that Star Wars special is just a Boba Fett thing. Oh, say it right, Boba Fett, come on. Whatever, Boba Fett. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this will be the last show for this season where we'll be doing these segments. Uh, the next one will be a special like we did with DC Fandom. Uh, heavily Marvel-focused. I really want to emphasize that. It's going to be heavily, heavily Marvel-focused. Oh, probably. So yeah, well, we talked a lot. We talked nothing but DC that day. We'll, t we'll just talk about everything that they talked about in Disney Plus Day, which Brian says will be heavily Marvel. So, uh, but this is be our last episode for this season in which we do these segments. So, um, with that being said, uh, Brian, what are your wrapping thoughts on Venom Let There Be Carnage? I like the first one more. Uh, okay. And I think the first one I liked more because the first one was more of an experience. Like, I didn't know what to expect. Like, I had no, no idea going into the first Venom movie. I was in for a buddy cop, Eddie Brock and Venom movie, right? Like, I had no idea. Uh, so I like the first one more. That Carnage was done really well. Uh, I really would have appreciated more screen time and a more, I guess, drawn out. Not drawn out, but more saturated story like give me more sustenance this is carnage we're talking about right he's a serial killing venom enraged symbiote you know madman crazy person he's like they gave him 90 minute a movie of 90 minutes like yeah 90 minutes was way too short for this way too short way too short way too short yeah. way too short way too short um I definitely think they could have added more story. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it. Um, if it's one of those movies, kind of like the first Venom, I don't ever wake up and go, I'm going to watch Venom today. But if I'm sitting there and uh, on an R-rated extended director's cut. See, Josh says, yeah, Josh says my money's on an R-rated extended director's cut. I'd be okay with that. I'd Jennifer, be okay with that. congratulations, Alan. 
Yeah, congratulations, Alan. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, if you're congratulating me on my fourth book I put out, thank you. <laughs> this yes, isn't the congratulations. Yeah, I will be going live to talk about that. I was going to go last Saturday, but I decided not to. But yes, I do have a fourth book, Apprentice of the Hero. Check it out. Um, but other than that, I, <laughs> I don't know what to talk about, Aunt Jennifer. <laughs> thank you, though. Uh, so on that note, congratulations, Alan. Um, yes. I think Tom Hardy is marvelous. I, uh, he's, that he's, he's, I think he's one of my fan casts for Wolverine, which kind of bums me out that he's Venom. Um, Cause I think he'd be a terrific Wolverine, but uh, he, 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 he also nails that Eddie Brock buddy cop personality, personality I, role with, with Venom. I think he was Hugh Jackman's um, fan cast for Wolverine. Like, I think he was asked in an interview who he would like to see carry on Wolverine after him. And I think he's at Tom Hardy. Well, good for Hugh. See, he, he's, he's smart. He's Australian. <laughs> Isn't Tom, Tom Hardy Australian? Yeah, that's exactly. Um, <laughs> and then obviously that end credits scene was bonkers. Uh, yes. When we talk about the Morbius trailer, we kind of touch on that, but man, I'm just, I'm worried, I'm more worried. Like the multiverse opened up and they're like, yeah, so we're just going to put everything together now. So you guys just have to sort of deal with it and suck it up because it's it's totally happening right now. It's happening. We're well, Sony. We don't know what we're doing. We're Sony. What, well, they do know what they're doing. That That's the difference between yours and my thoughts. But let's put a pin in that and let's go with my wrapping thoughts. And then let's get into the... After that, we'll get in the post credit scene and the Morbius trailer. But um, I want to touch on Josh's comment right there. The mm -hmm. extended director's cut. Now, ever since uh, the Snyder cut, Zack Snyder's Justice League came out, I just, it's ruined everything for me. Because now, every movie I watch, I'm like, is there a director's cut of this? Because that's what I want to see. I don't want to be watching this. But... <laughs> So Andy Serkis is the director of this one. Now, Andy yes. Serkis, he's more known for his motion capture acting. He started off uh, playing Gollum on Lord of the Rings and onto the Hobbit movies. Um, he played Caesar in the Planet of the Apes remake. Um, and then, you know, he did, uh, he was Ulysses as Claw in uh, the Avengers movies in the MCU. And, you know, it started doing a little bit more uh, acting. But he's also directed, uh, there is a Jungle Book movie on Netflix. Uh, supposed to be like a, a darker one. I haven't watched it yet. But um, I don't know. I can't think of the top of my head what else he's directed. But, um, you know, I would have thought maybe he would have been, you know, a good choice to direct a darker movie or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but watching this, yeah, I'm thinking, God, there's got to be. A director's cut of this because this doesn't cut it no pun intended mm. so it's 90 minutes um which is way too short for what they should have done i felt like it was rushed right. at least like okay the, so they spent a lot of time on the uh eddie brock venom buddy cop thing as you say they spent a lot of time um kind of exploring a little bit more of their relationship um 
and then like they they split up like venom had detached himself from the movie and then this hilarious scene where he goes to the club he's like attaching himself to another body and he goes to a club and then like he gets up on stage there's this rapper on there and he's he takes the mic from her and then he just does this whole speech talking about his feelings about eddie which is hilarious that's great but it's like i feel like okay first maybe andy circus should have been in charge of the first one and all of that stuff should have just been part of the first movie getting to know venom and everything right. now i love the first movie and what they did was great and the whole plot line and everything that was great but now we've got into the second movie where we should have known uh eddie and venom already so we need to get into knowing the villain which is carnage the most famous i mean when you think of venom carnage is synonymous with uh venom and it's great that they uh waited for a sequel to to bring out venom but so it's woody harrelson who is a perfect choice um i know there was a rumor back with amazing spider-man 2 with andrew garfield there was rumor that jim carrey was gonna play him which mm -hmm. he was a great choice too but woody harrelson just as great um so i felt okay so all the stuff that they showed of carnage's origin all of that was rushed every scene they showed they rushed and then they had his girlfriend shriek in there which was cool that they brought her in there but okay so woody harrelson was great as cletus cassidy perfect he played his role perfectly but then the thing about venom and eddie brock was venom had his own personality the way mm -hmm. they did carnage here he was just a monster that talked like this he and was like, Clasidius Cassidus yeah. in a giant red symbiote. They should have had him as his own character like they were trying to do with Venom. And there was a part in the, at the end of the movie where Eddie and Venom are talking to each other and Eddie says, see, they don't match like us. They, they don't, uh, they're not symbiotic or whatever. And it's like, yeah, they made that line there, but I mean, they should have just... I don't extended that, brought that out more, and gave Carnage his own character. Right. Uh, oh, and of course, I get myself carried away, and there's other things I was wanting to touch on, but I can't remember exactly what else they were. But I think that was the main points of what I was wanting to say. Like, it would have been a very enjoyable movie, and if there was an R-rated director's cut, or even, it doesn't have to be rated R, just a, a longer cut of the movie, where everything wasn't so rushed, it a little bit more time to breathe, that have been great. Um, I, I have to say, I don't know where this obsession for rated R movies came from. I understand that, like, it really works for a character like Deadpool, but it also doesn't have to be rated R for it to work for that character. Right. Like, you could easily make Deadpool three PG thirteen. And have it be just as good, if not better, than the first two. Without, yeah. I mean, I mean the vulgarity and like, the, yeah, I get that. That's part of the Deadpool aspect. I get that when Josh it comes to a, a movie like, well, Josh and I pretty much agree on everything. Uh, sorry, like it's <laughs> it's the same it's the same thing with uh, Blade. Like, there's this obsession with making Blade rated R, and I don't understand why that obsession exists because 
you could make a really good movie and it does not have to be rated R. Like, I think it make it more violent and which, I mean, yeah. I mean, movies like Venom, Deadpool, Blade, Wolverine. Why, why, where's, Logan, the obsess- where's that obsession though? Like, where's the line get drawn where our obsession with that violence becomes kind of weird? Like, why does someone getting their head cut off and you seeing their bone muscle or their muscle tissue, why does that bring you more satisfaction than just seeing someone's head get cut off? True. Like, why do I have to see all the gore? Why can't Hi. you just... Hi, Alex. So, anyway, that's, that's a little tangent. I, I, you had mentioned it doesn't have to be rated R, and I know that was a huge thing going into this Venom movie was, it's not R, it's not R, it's Carnage, it's Carnage, it needs to be rated Why does it have to be rated R? Right. Give me one solid good reason. Justify other than, oh, it needs to be violent. Like, you can still have violence... I mean, does nobody remember the end of Infinity War when half the universe disappeared? I thought that was pretty violent. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, they still still said Cletus Cassidy was a serial killer and stuff. And they still, you know, showed him being crazy and stuff. So, yeah. But an extended cut really needs to happen on that. That's that's the bottom line on that. I, I think what it boils down to is the first Venom should have been longer. And they should have given them time to flesh out that Venom character. And they should have made, I mean, these should be two hour long movies, not the hour and a half, 40, oh, hour and yeah. 45 minute stuff they're pulling. Like, give us a, a story with sustenance. Like, you've, you've, you've proven that Venom deserves a story with sus- a sustenance. He can do it. Sustenance. Sustenance. <laughs> sustenance. Are you making fun of my list? This is not an acceptable time to be making fun of this nonsense. She, she shakes my psoriasis. She's sexy. <laughs> She's okay, like let's, get, sexy. let's get into the post credit scene. Um, yeah. Let, 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 let's. What's wrapping thoughts on that? I mean, I knew it was coming. It was obvious. <laughs> yeah. If you weren't expecting it, what movie were you watching? Well, but you what, what, what? like on our past episodes, you kept Brian kept saying, uh, they have said, uh, and I quote, the post credit scene will make you pee your pants. So this whole time, yes, that's right. The whole time I'm watching the movie, first off, I'm being distracted by how rushed this feels, but I'm also distracted thinking, I wonder what this post credit scene gonna be. Why am I going to pee my pants? Is it going to make me want to pee my pants? And did I drink too much root beer before this movie? Doggone it. Well, I do drink. That's do, how we talk here in Missouri. I do get root beer when I go to the movie theater. <laughs> oh, I know. I get barks, too. Uh, yeah, I know. That's, that's Yeah, that's the best root beer. But I'm thinking the whole time, what's it going to be? And, well, what I'd like to have seen was... Noel show up. Noel, for those of you who don't know, is the god of the symbiotes. And they just uh, created him in the comics a few years ago. But uh, Donnie Cates is everything that Donnie Cates writes. He brings in, Josh says, Barks has bite. <laughs> but everything, <laughs> Brian, everything that Donnie Cates has been writing is basically, you know, for Noel. Uh, yeah, Josh says the king in black. Yes, exactly. 
uh, his he did a Silver Surfer, he did a Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, he did a Thor. Uh, he's getting ready to do a Hulk comic, which I'm really interested in because, as I've said before, Hulk is one of my favorites. But um, so yeah, Noel is what I would like to have seen. But I'm thinking, okay, I've been seeing a lot of talk recently about how like Kevin Feige and some of the others uh, have been saying that their work and like the writers and stuff of Venom and all that saying they're working towards a crossover between Spider-Man and Venom. Uh, Kimberly says, Brian, you're like a chihuahua with your biting. It's like, we're watching, on Halloween, we're watching some classic uh, Roseanne episodes because Roseanne is known for the Halloween episodes. And there was, they were trying to scare the kids, say this ghost story. And uh, they were saying like, there was this girl that they went to school with or something. And then Dan was like, is she the one that tried to eat her own face? <laughs> Every time. Like, John Goodman is a great physical humor actor. He really was. I mean, he still, still is a good actor, but not so much as he was when he was younger. Yeah, I was happy to hear you guys are uh, watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That, they, have, they have some classic Halloween episodes. Some mm. classic Halloween episodes. Yeah, that's pretty good. But anyways, so where I was hoping it was no, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure my mom says we're silly. <laughs> and Kim says, that's my cup. It sure is your cup. You don't like me here in the, when I'm unscrewing the lid, squeaking. Uh, oh, Timmy's here. He's also one anniversary follower. Timmy says, the king in black, the Batman who laughs variant. Yeah, he, he's kind of like the Batman who laughs. But anyways... I'm thinking, okay, they're talking about them crossing over. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be something to confirm that Tom Holland and Tom Hardy are going to meet up. So here we are. And I think, so when they're in the, uh, Timmy says, not sure which came first. You know, they came out. The chicken. Huh? The chicken. The chicken, sure. <laughs> but they're sitting in the hotel room, and then all of a sudden things change. And when it did that, I think they, like, crossed universes, crossed dimensions. Like, so the Venom and the MCU are not necessarily part of the same universe. So they had to get Venom over there. Because there was stuff in the first Venom movie, when I watched it, I'm thinking, oh, this is definitely not the MCU. And I can't remember the top of my head, but there was things that were, like, they did differently than, than they did in the MCU. So I'm like, this is definitely not it. So when he's, yeah, Josh Reinhardt says, Venom 3, the king in black. Oh, God, do I wish. Um, but yeah, so they crossed over to, to the MCU is what happened. And when the guy came into the hotel room, and he's like, what are you guys doing? This is my room. But, and then we hear uh, J.K. Simmons' voice. I'm like, oh, yeah. This is happening. This is what's gonna. This is. This is what's happening here. And then, it was very. So I wasn't as excited as maybe the other people in the theater behind me. They were all like, I could hear them freaking out. Like, oh, oh my god, oh, what, what's going on? I don't remember being in the same movie theater as you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was you. Sure Dude, I'm, I, I am obnoxious at premieres. I am the one that stands up and I'm like. <laughs> uh, Timmy says, yeah, like they didn't know aliens existed in Venom 1. There we go. That's one. Uh, but 
so I wasn't as excited. I mean, I was like, I was pleased. I was like, okay, good. Even though I've said before, I would have liked in the Sony Marvel universe for them to have an, their own Spider-Man, another actor play him, and just see a different take on Andrew him. Andrew Garfield. <clears throat> no, somebody new. Jeez, Brian. They could do an Amazing Spider-Man 3 and keep it in the Venom universe. It'd be great. Yeah, but I think there's there's even things that were different between those universes as well. But then, as I see, they just use a clip of Tom Holland. So it's not even like they had Tom Holland come on the set of Venom, Let There Be Carnage. They just used a clip. Oh, fun fact. So I was reading an article how uh, when they were filming Let There Be Carnage, they were on the same set in the same neighborhood or whatever. They're filming Matrix 4. And so there are some scenes in Let There Be Carnage that we'll see in Matrix 4. <laughs> like, same, same set. <laughs> so that, that's in the same universe. Confirmed. Neo. Okay, so what, yeah. What, what are some of your thoughts on this post-credit scene? So for, for me, the first thing I noticed was the saturation change when he transferred universes, I guess we'll just call it that. Like it was, it wasn't just a, like the room itself changed and got more modern, but it, the saturation completely changed. It went from like this dark graphic moody to like very light and happy. Like okay. it was like, it, it, it felt like almost a completely different Venom movie. So it, and I, I say that because it I, makes me wonder even more where this symbiote came from like where did like which universe is he in and then and then sony's today they're like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna release a trailer for morbius and we're gonna just confuse the heck out of everybody they're we're not gonna give him a little bit of the same trilogy we're gonna give him some of the amazing spider-man trilogy we're gonna throw some tom holland mcu in there we are okay. even gonna make a venom reference this is what i think all right. I, I I really think they know what they're doing. They're just really confusing us. Um, I think, yeah, it's going to be a conglomerate of all the universes. So we'll see Spider-Man No Way Home first. All right. They're going to mesh these universes together. And then the aftermath is going to be Morbius. And I also okay. think, I also think, okay, with that post credit scene, it showed that Venom will eventually meet up with Spider-Man, with Tom Holland, Spider-Man, right? Which he licks the he licks the TV screen. He's like, "This guy." <laughs> but I think he will not show up at No Way Home. If he does, it'll be that post-credit scene, or mm -hmm. or maybe just a little cameo, and then we'll have. I know that Josh said Venom Three: The King in Black, but I really think Venom Three is going to be. Venom versus Spider-Man. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I think that's I, how. Uh, my only argument with that would be Morbius was always supposed to come out before Norway, No Way Home. That's true. That's very true. So there's that. That's um, the only thing that I could think of. Yeah. Um, I really think I, there's going to be some crossing of the universes, though. I think that's. See, I, th I think they're I do doing it subtly it, too. I think they're doing it to just. I think it's a. Pardon my sign language here, but language. a giant ego stroke is is, is 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 I think what it is because they're they're like 
hey, look at all these Spider-Mans we've created. Ah, we're going to make you think they're all in here. But I think it's just going to be just one. And I think it'll connect across the board into that one universe in whatever way. I want to lean, part of me thinks uh, that Michael Keaton's Vulture is just a variant. So he's still Vulture, but he's a variant of Vulture. So he's not the Vulture we know. He may not um, even uh, Vulture. He may not even be Adrian Timms. He could be playing right. a total character. 100%. Ralph Boner, that's his name. Yeah. Oh, my God. That still pisses me off about WandaVision. Struck his heartstrings. Uh, now, you know, the next movie that's coming out after Morbius. Uh, Mobius? Morbius. It's Morbius. Morbi Morbius. Mobius is from Lotus Owen Wilson on uh, Loki. Yes. Um, the wow. next movie, I believe, is Craven the Hunter, which it's not. That, okay. that, hasn't, that hasn't even started filming yet. Okay. Well, it's coming. I mean, well... Do we have? Oh, you're talking. You're talking from Sony. We're, do we have another movie on the docket for Sony, or is that it? I, Besides, I honestly Spider guess Spider-Man Four will be announced at some point soon. Okay, Josh Reinhardt says I think Sony had all these things in the pipeline already, and then decided to try and force it into make things work with the MCU. Yeah, because like I said, at one point they were talking about having their own Spider-Man. And they're talking about in the Craven movie, the the plot of the movie was going to be Craven's last hunt, in which Craven hunts down Spider-Man, and so the antagonist of the movie would have been Spider-Man, and it would have been played by their own actor. This was in before the whole uh, kerpopple with uh, Tom Holland and you know the uh, Sony and uh, Disney not uh, agreeing on things was going to pull Tom Holland out and everything. It was before all that, and then they came back like. Okay, we're we're gonna keep him in there, and we're gonna try to mesh our movies in with it. But yeah, uh, I think they had their own plan, and so the Craven movie. I don't know what's gonna happen with it now, um, but they you know they talked about doing still doing their Silver and Black movie, but I think they're splitting it up: Silver Sable and Black Cat on their own, uh, Madam Web movie. Oh, but they casted. Craven Hunter for their movie. It was all, I thought it was just rumor, but evidently it's confirmed. I don't know. Can you talk more on that, Brian? Do you know anything else? It's, um, I, oh no, I can't think of the actor's name, but it's Quicksilver. The MCU Quicksilver, not Yeah, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is also kick ass. He, yeah. I'm looking kick, that up. All right, please look it up. I, I think I remember something about that. Okay. Yeah, that, you're correct. That came out in at the end of May of this year. So evidently he's going to play the, and they've renamed it too. It's not, it used to be the SUMC, Sony's Universe of Marvel Characters. But now they've renamed it where it's Spider-Man specific. Well, what, what is it now? Do you, do you remember? Uh, SS, like Sony's Spider-Man Universe of Marvel Characters. I okay, think. they just threw in Spider-Man in there. I don't know. But um, I I really, yeah, Sony had their own thing going before they decided to mesh things in with the MCU, but I think they still have a plan. I mean, if they're working with MCU, I mean, 
Kevin Feige and all them, they've had things. Yeah, he 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 won't let that. He's he's sitting there like, okay, guys, just c- come here. Let me fix your mess. This is I I I got you. Morbius, <laughs> you're doing this. Craven, you do this. Venom, you've already done it. So let's just do it again. Yeah. So, all right. Any other wrapping thoughts on Venom before we move on to our next movie? No. Okay, next movie. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? (laughs) Yes, folks, we're talking Dune. A big old movie about sand that Anakin Skywalker would hate that movie. He would have been miserable through this whole thing. It's (laughs) this... Sand is miserable. It makes me coarse, just like the kiss you gave me of Venom, or whatever he says. Your kiss has poisoned my heart. <laughs> you, know, you know, before we get into my our wrapping thoughts, so uh, every year on Halloween, it's our anniversary. Kim and I, we got married uh, 12 years ago on Halloween. So every movie, uh, yes, Josh says the 1984 version, which, yeah, we'll get into that, too. Mm-hmm. Um I, so I, don't, I didn't even know there was a 1984. I was 32 years old the day I found out there's a Dune movie in 1984. It, it's on HBO Max. Um, oh. So Halloween is our anniversary. And so every year for our anniversary, we basically just make up a bunch of foods, a bunch of finger foods and whatnot. And we watch movies. We, we watch, usually we have a set movies that we watch every year, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, Hocus Pocus and whatnot. Uh, this year we we watched uh, we decided we were going to watch Beetlejuice, and Beetlejuice has sandworms in it. They're like a little they're um, stop motion little sandworms, and it's kind of a weird looking thing. But I I wonder if that was some sort of reference to Dune. It was like wasn't there that horror movie series like comedy horror of the sand monsters that well there was a little top of horrors that no. like, but i don't remember what the movie but it was like josh are you watching you might know the movie no well, you he, don't like horror movies never mind he just brought up the jordic is jordic is jordic watching jordic would know tremors yeah. there it is tremors yes. josh yes yes yeah. That's what I thought of when I was watching Dune. I was like, I feel like I'm watching this horror movie. Well, and they might have all been inspired by Dune because remember, Dune is a series of books. Before even the 1984 movie came out, it was a series of books, which Jordic has these books for me. That he picked them up for me. I need to go pick them up from him. Uh, but yeah. So, um, yeah, Kevin Bacon was in Tremors. Thank you, Josh. So Brian, you did watch the new one. You watched I like the- bacon. I like bacon too. Uh, you watched the new one on HBO Max, right? Mm-hmm. What the director told you not to do. I did. That's fine. Yeah. Well, you know, he started eight on MCU and stuff, and I don't know. I think. Yeah. In- you want you, you want to tell me the MCU's trash? I'll watch yeah. your movie on HBO Max. I'll show <laughs> <Right>? you. <laughs> What are your wrapping thoughts on the the new Dune? It was interesting. Like, I'm gonna honestly have to say, I have to, I have to say this. I am going to have to see part two to make my official judgment because 
it's such a deep and complex movie that it just it it wasn't enough like i needed more and it didn't maybe it would have helped if i read the books or i read more maybe this is how people who didn't read the harry potter books felt when they saw the movies and that's why they ended up watching all eight because they needed the answers um but that's kind of how i feel i i feel like dune this is part one of like a eight part series yeah and i i I, i'm i'm now now i'm like well do i wait for them to make everything and binge watch it all at once or do i suck the bullet and in two years go watch it part two and see what i think i it was good but it wasn't like people were comparing it to like a lord of the rings movie epic and i'm like nope don't compare it to lord of the rings Josh asks, I'm curious, how would you feel if you read the book? I don't know how I would feel because I never read the book. Well, so I'm, after I read the Harry Potter series, I'm gonna, not reading, I'm audiobooking. I'm, I'm gonna audiobook the Lord of the Rings trilogy and I've never read the books. I've seen the movies more We're times than any other movie. I know, I'm just saying, I'm, oh. I'm physically gonna be reading Lord of the Rings. So Dune, I can put Dune next on that list after yours because yours are after Lord of the Rings. Well, you need to read my books. I mean, Kim says I try to guilt people into read my books, but uh, you specifically doing everything you do with me. Anyways, so Jordic, uh, like I said, he's he's got the Doom books waiting for me. So uh, when we meet up, I got to get them from him. Have you ever met Jordic? No, not in person, no. Just the other day, I met, uh, met up with Timmy for the second time. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I, yeah, get jealous. You... I get jealous when I see your guys' pictures. I even said that. I said, hey, let's take a picture together, and let's make Brian feel jealous. As soon as I shared that in the group chat, <laughs> you said, jealous. <laughs> I am so predictable. You guys yeah. just know me too well. Yeah. That's really what it is. But anyway, so when I started up the movie, uh, well, I watched it with my father-in-law, but we were watching it, and it says, the title comes across, it says, Dune. And then it says, part one. And I'm like, yeah, I, I knew it. And then, but watching it, the whole time, just watching now, uh, I knew there was going to be a part two, obviously. They hadn't you know, came out and said there was going to be a part two or anything like that. And they waited a few days and were play, trying to play coy and everything. But it just felt like one long TV episode. Mm -hmm. that, that was a very good way to put it. Great cinematography, great effects and all that, you know, A, li a plus list actors and everything. But it was oh, just a TV episode. It's so fun to look at. And it ended, the way it ended was like, that's the end of this episode. Now you gotta wait two years to watch the next episode. Right. At least Lord of the Rings released three movies in three years. Like if you're gonna give me a trilogy, that's a that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh and there were times it was and it was a long night after work that I, I fell asleep in a few times. You know, I felt like Rachel was going, You fell asleep. Uh mom says Alan on the new Beetlejuice is the character is the same one on Batman. Alex is asking. Yes. So Beetlejuice and Batman in the uh, old Batman movie, they're both Michael Keaton. And watching that, the whole, 
Kim says, she goes, here's a new idea for a Batman movie. You have, instead of Michael Keaton playing Batman, you have him play both Batman and Joker. He would make a great Michael Keaton. Watching Beetlejuice, you could see that he would make a great Joker. And how... Do you see me not reacting? Am I doing a good job? How trippy of a movie would that be where he plays both? I think he could do that. Yes. Um, but yes, I felt like it was one long movie. I fell asleep in a few times. I mean, and it's not that it was boring by any means. I was just pretty tired. Uh, but the the actors, I thought they uh, chose really, you know, really good actors for this. And so I watched some of the, the original, the 1984 version, which Josh brought up. It's on HBO Max. I haven't finished it. That one is a little, little more boring. And, but, oh, what, how do you get more boring? I'm, I'm sorry. Josh says, oh, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> what okay, Thanos. Walk in the club, step aside. Okay. So anyways, um, it was interesting that they used a lot of the same scenes. Like, okay, so I didn't know Patrick Stewart was in the original, but he was. And so the character that Josh Brolin plays in the new one, Patrick Stewart played. And he was uh, Paul. Paul's the main kid. He was his uh, trainer, and he was the general of the army, and he was training the kid. And there's the scene where he says, uh, the, where Paul says something like, I'm just not in the mood to train right now. And so pretty much uh, the general dude, he kicks his ass. And he says, moods are for, I can't remember what he said moods were for. Uh, but pretty much saying that you, you, uh, when you're out there battling, it, there's no time for moods. You can't be in the right mood. This is a fight for survival. Mm -hmm. That was straight up a scene. They used that scene. In the, I mean, obviously, it's from the book. But, yeah, they did the same scene with uh, Patrick Stewart. And then uh, the guy that plays Paul, is uh, he's been in a lot of things. He was on How I Met Your Mother. He was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was on... Um, Desperate Housewives. Uh, he's just uh, Twin Peaks. I think was his big thing. He's a big TV actor, but he's and it, seeing him a much younger version of him. I didn't recognize him at first, but those two actors, you know, did the same scene. And then there was the scene where like this little tiny little creature thing with a needle on it. Um, Thank you, Josh. I was I was thinking the same thing in my head. That was exactly what I was thinking. I'm like. Uh, I, I wish I could go to Twin Peaks right now. Shut up. <laughs> but the little thing with the, the needle at the end that came and poked somebody in the neck, I think Paul's character, that was same as in the original movie. Uh, so watching this new one get to the actual interesting parts, I'm like, I wonder how that would have looked in the 1984 version. Well, we had the sandworms. We had the big old uh, excavating ship that was out there in the desert that they saved everybody from. They, they got them all up on their own. These things that looked like, their ships looked like dragonflies. It was really neat. It was, I, the cinematography was definitely great. I, I also want to compliment the score. Um, I know this isn't our scores, but uh, Hans Zimmer might be my favorite. Is he who did, the, he did the score for this? Yeah, he's done like Inception, Interstellar. He did the Dark Knight trilogy. He did Gladiator. I mean, he's done his resume is 
if he touches an instrument, it's going to make your ears have orgasms. Like, I'm just going to say, like, wow. but not just one ear, but both of them. Like, it's really kind of a unique experience. If you've never had it, definitely put some headphones in, put on some Hans Zimmer, boom. It'll, it'll be an ear earful orgasm. Josh says the 84 version suffered from trying to fit the entire book into a two-hour movie. Okay, so then this new one, I guess what they're try they're doing is they're taking the one book and fitting it over multiple movies. Okay, so Brian, how about you continue talking about Hans Zimmer and scores? And I know you and Josh wanted to talk about scores. I've got to go over there real quick. Okay, scores. Right. Uh, let's see, scores. I guess since I was talking about Hans Zimmer, um, I'll just kind of talk about him. Uh, I, I make it a, a a daily thing, actually. I I pretty much listen to Hans Zimmer at least once a day. I listen to orchestrated music multiple times a day. I actually, I was just talking to a friend yesterday, and we were talking about what music we listen to, and I brought up that I listen to orchestrated music probably about as much as I listen to music with words, and it's it's so bizarre because it touches your soul so different. And I think that's one of the things that makes Hans Zimmer such an extravagant orchestrator, in my opinion, is he doesn't just have this, like part of me thinks Christopher Nolan makes movies with his music. Like sometimes I, I, I think he plays music for him. <laughs> yes, it's, it's like Hans Zimmer sits there and he plays music. And Christopher Nolan is like, hmm, I think if we make a three-layer dream world, we can do some real cranky stuff where someone's going off a van, someone's spinning around in a hotel, someone's, you know, in a hospital mountainside snow blizzard resort. Oh, by the way, fourth-layer limbo, that's real gangster down there. You get back down there, it's like bass drums, bass guitar, boom, boom, you know, but it's... I don't even, it's, I could talk about it all day, guys. I really could. Interstellar is another great example. There's this, there's a scene in Interstellar. This is the same relationship. Yes, exactly. John Williams and Steven Spielberg is another great example. They, it's like, it's like they, it's like they speak two different languages and in order for them to succeed in their project, they have to make everyone from each other's languages interpret the other's language and they just somehow put their languages together and they're so fluent and they're so beautiful and they're orchestrated so well like jurassic park i'm just going to use jurassic park as an example oh my gosh let's talk about that scene where they're in the helicopter and dun, 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 dun. like it's you don't just feel like you're watching jurassic park you are going to jurassic park Okay, that was perfect timing because I could Did you read all of uh, the comments here while you're doing, or were you just talking to yourself? No, uh, I, I was trying to keep up. I know Josh was still talking to me. I um, wonder why we're such good friends. That's the same. Yes, I got that one. Spielberg tailors his movies to William scores. Yeah, I mean, Christopher Nolan's got to do that with Hans Zimmer. I mean, there's this scene in Interstellar. Have you ever seen Interstellar? Uh-uh. There's this scene in Interstellar. It is, in my opinion, the greatest scene in cinematic history. I am not over-exaggerating that in the slightest. 
but it's a scene where he has to spin his ship around in a very fast circular motion to match the spin of the spaceship. And he has to match the spin so he can attach to it. Otherwise, humanity dies. And it is like the music. I, <laughs> I have goosebumps. Ow, that was hot. My lamp is hot. Lamps are hot when they're on, apparently. Hey, yeah. Ow. I can't you know, tell you how many times I've burned my arms. But that scene, I'm telling you, it's don't, don't, don't. And it's just like, I just, I can't. I'm done. It's it's over. So you know, there's the phrase, uh, know your enemy, which is also a Green Day song. Um, I don't really care for Christopher Nolan. So, but I've got to watch some of his other movies to really fully form that opinion. But I thought the Dark Knight trilogy was overrated. I Tenet confused the shit out of me. Uh, but no, I got to watch some of his other movies to really fully form that opinion. So I guess Tenet needs to be on there as well. well uh, Tenet wasn't done by Hans Zimmer. That was done by Christopher Nolan. Uh, yeah, I'm ha saying Hans, oh, Hans Zimmer didn't do the movie. Music though, he directed all the movies. Is which what? Whatever. I okay, so all this right. is my mouse. I use it for my jo keyboard. Jordik is watching. Please bring us some <laughs> approved facts, Jordik. <laughs> Approve these facts. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Okay. Are we done talking about Dune? Yes. <laughs> 007. Go. Okay. So, the next movie on our wrapping thoughts we're going to talk about is No Time to Die, which is the last movie from um daniel craig thank you for daniel no, craig because no, somebody ruined it for me yes so however brian has not watched it yet so obviously we were going to spoil it for whoever hadn't watched it who's watching but brian hasn't watched it so there's really not much of a discussion there uh <laughs> kim says he's been waiting all day to talk about this now, what I'm going to do is talk about, so I I watched that movie, and again, I watched it with my father-in-law, and we went to the theaters to watch it. Now, I, the only other Daniel Craig movie I watched with him as Bond uh, was Casino Royale. George says, 007 was fun. How could you spoil it? <laughs> I don't know. By the way, Brian, Daniel Craig dies. I, no, that is not what I said. I said, hey, so uh, they lied. Bond did have time to die. <laughs> Which in no way really implies it, but I, I, it I kind of figured he I, I already kind of figured he died. That's how critics were spinning their reviews. See, I, I saw Casino Royale and Casino Royale was dope. Yeah. Casino was Royale so was so good. And so I've been meaning to watch the other movies really before I watched No Time to Die. But my father-in-law, he was going to go watch it, and I thought, you know what? There'll be nice, nice little outing to go watch movie and stuff. And I really didn't think that James Bond movies really followed any kind of plot. They were just an anthology thing, something new every every movie. Uh, Kim says, when will you learn he's a spoiler to everyone with everything? Wait, me or, or you? Uh, me. Um, she says that about me. The man she's been married to for 12 years. Come on. Okay, whatever. Jordic says Skyfall is probably my favorite. Interesting. But so I, I've been meaning to watch them, but I hadn't. Uh, so watching this, and you know, it really, they really did, at least 
I knew watching this, I could tell that at least the Daniel Craig movies were following some kind of plot line. That there were things that were touching on that I didn't get because I hadn't watched those movies. Like he goes to the grave of um, Ava Green's pictures on the grave. I'm like, well, somewhere Ava Green played a love interest and she died. She done died. Yeah. Uh, that was the first one, wasn't it? Well, see, and it's been a while since I've watched Casino Royale, and I thought maybe it was that, and I'm asking Randy over here, I'm like, hey, was she in Casino Royale? And he's like, no, I think she was in Quantum of Solace, but I don't know. Uh, and then, so he has a buddy, Paul Leitner is his name, which I've come to learn who this character is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> married to, kidnapped, tomato, tomato, tomato. Ah. Anyways, so there's this character, uh, Paul, Paul, uh, not Paul, Felix Leitner. Uh, Jordan says, I'm waiting to see if they develop the daughter into an agent. Yeah, that, that looks like they might. Uh, Felix Leitner, played by Jeffrey Wright. And I leaned over to Randy, I said, hey, does that voice sound familiar to you? Because that's the guy who played the Watcher on What If? Yeah, Josh says Felix. Yes, Felix, Felix the cat. Um, so anyways, they had a plot line with him saying how Bond had worked with him in the CIA and like, I guess M, M was the, you know, the head of MI6, uh, Bond's boss was mad at him about it, which by the way, the actor that plays him is Voldemort. Ralph Phineas. Yes. Uh, Ralph Phineas is Voldemort confirmed. Yes. And so there's this whole thing with that. Um, so. I thought, well, and then Randy and I were on the drive home. We always talk about the movie and always talk about, you know, if it had anything attached to what he watched when he was younger. So evident, he's watched just about every James Bond movie there is. And Wait, 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 wait. You have the Harry Potter books on your shelf. Yeah. Uh, Sorcerer's Stone and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, I could have told you exactly which two they were if you... Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, continue. So as George Just said, me noticing Harry Potter. And so, so as Jordic says here, and uh, by the way, Jordic also says a one anniversary follower. So thank you, Jordic. Uh, he says, everything is connected. And which, yes, it is. So I start, you know, listening to what Randy had to say. And then I decided I'm going to go back and watch all the Bond movies. So uh, I've watched Dr. No, I've watched From Rush With Love, and I'm in the middle of Goldfinger, right? And it's really getting me interested in other things that are out there. Uh, there. There was a cartoon in the 90s called James Bond Jr. Started watching that, uh, which is all about the kids. But James Bond Jr. is James Bond's nephew, not his son. Uh, Josh says, we have all the time in the world was a reference to George Lazenby's Her Majesty's Secret Service. He says that line to his new wife, Right before she's gone down and killed. So yeah, I'll George Lazenby. Show you Majesty's service. Uh, George Lazenby played Bond once. All the other actors played more than once, but George Lazenby was the only one. Besides, oh, Jordic says Ralph S. was in the dig. It was good acting. Okay, so he was also in Harry Potter. Yeah, there was okay. So. Before Dr. No. Dr. No came out 62, 63. Uh, before that, in the 50s, there was a show called Climax. 
and each ep don't say anything about climax brian shut up uh each episode was an anthology and they did a different thing so they had an episode of casino royale with somebody this is before sean connery so that actor can't think of his name top of my head but i'm sure jordic or josh could look it up uh that actor only played him once um jordic says he also has the king's man for tonight uh which i oh for 2021 he put a star there so i think he's talking about Ra ralph Fiennes. and brian banks is watching josh reinhardt says peter sellers you saying peter sellers played uh bond in that movie because i believe he was also in the pink panther movies uh, i think peter sellers did play bond okay well then there you go that's interesting fun fact there approved fact by josh yeah, yeah. and he was Jordan, in the 1967 casino royale okay there we go interesting so i'm in the middle of goldfinger right now um and i've also noticed that okay so i watched the movies that spoofed james bond before i watched james bond that being austin powers so i'm noticing a lot of things that austin powers pulled from there uh in no time to die um can't think of his name now ha drawing a blank but he plays a villain called blofeld <laughs> he's the actor also played the villain Hornet with Seth Rogen, uh, Chet Bludnowski. But anyways, so he plays this villain called Blofeld, which is like a big time villain in the old 007 movies. So obviously you watched the 007 movies. I think you know what I'm saying. Either that or you're laughing about something completely different. No, you, you've asked me to keep my mouth shut and you've said three things and I feel like you're saying them intentionally. Oh, yes. Brian's feet inside Brian's mind. Uh, Welcome to my mind. <laughs> anyways, is it clear? Uh, so he's got a messed up eye and stuff that go, has a scar that goes down like that. Uh, he has a cat. It's clear up Chris Christoph Waltz. Thank you, Josh. Uh, clear reference to uh, or Dr. Evil was a spoof of Blofeld. And then Dr. No wore the suit that uh, Dr. Evil does. Uh, grayish suit that kind of buttons up like this but doesn't have any buttons. So that was uh, what uh, Dr. Evil was based off of. And then from Rush with Love, Blofeld, Blo you don't see Blofeld in there. You just see him talking to his agents. You, uh, it, you see him from the back of his head and stuff. Brian, don't say anything about that. Um, <laughs> so one of the agents he talks to is clearly who Frau from Austin Powers was based off of. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting seeing these things. Um, I guess that's really all I had to say about that before I go into this, uh, our next segment. Um, but I did want to point out there was a character in there. Again, I'm not good with names. I can't remember her name. But at the end of the movie, every James Bond movie, it always says James Bond will return. Or say James Bond will return in such and such movie. 
I didn't stay after because it was not a Marvel movie. I didn't expect it to have a post-credit scene. Uh, Jordik had said that as, uh, oh, yeah, let me back up to that real quick, what Jordik sa says here. But I was talking to Jordik before, and he said there was something at the end. It didn't say James Bond will return. It said this certain character will return. And I assume it was, there's a new 007 in this movie. Uh, and if either of you, Josh or Jordan, know the actress's name, please let me know. But I think it says that she will return. But Jordan says, Rami Malek, no love. Well, yeah, I have no love for him because, so I would like to I'm getting a drink. Rhapsody, but I haven't yet. So Rami Malek played Freddie Mercury, which I like to see, but uh, so he was the villain in this in No Time to Die. Did not care for him at all. I, you know, and it's not the fact that he played a great villain that you want to hate. I'm more akin to villains. I like villains better than the superheroes, always. I, I, of the, I like the antagonists better than the protagonists. And I like, so I did not like Raymond Malik's portrayal here. But maybe I need to watch Bohemian Rhapsody and Josh and Jordan say I need to watch Mr. Robot. Yeah, I've heard Mr. Robot's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and Jordan says, yeah, he could have been a better villain. But yeah. Uh, so that was kind of weak in that plot, but the movie was damn near three hours long, which I didn't expect that. So it was, so we're talking about Venom not being a long enough movie. Venom needed to be the link that No Time to Die was. Sounds like they got those movies. Ow! How do I... How does... What? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but it's interesting that... So I'm in the middle of watching Goldfinger right now. And I was just watching an episode of James Bond Jr. The cartoon I was talking about. And uh, Goldfinger was on there. And also, uh, there's... One of Goldfinger Stooges, uh, his name is Oddjob. And I could clearly see who were Austin Powers. Uh, there was a character in the first Austin Powers movie who throws his shoe. And Austin is like, honestly, who throws a shoe? Well, Oddjob throws his hat. Which I remembered Oddjob. What? The only thing I really know about James Bond before before now, before getting into this, was Goldeneye. Yes, I was gonna say Odd Job from Goldeneye. Yes, and Odd Job was was one of those characters you could unlock. Uh, hey, like, yeah, Jordan says, don't forget the band Goldfinger. Yes, Goldfinger was a band, uh, pop punk. Their big thing was for uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. We're talking about Nintendo sixty four here. Uh, they had a song on there called Superman, which playing the shit out of that game, just that song gets in your head. Jaws, Jaws okay, so my friends and I had this rule when we would play multiplayer. You could not be odd job because he was like five feet tall. Like, <laughs> you, you, and you couldn't be Jaws. Jaws was like, you could see him from the other side of the bunker. You'd be like, in the basement, he'd be on the third level, and you'd be like, oh, I can see him up there because he's Jaws, and he takes up 27% of my screen. Well, uh, I haven't got to Jaws yet in the movies, but 
he was on an episode of James Bond Jr. And I guess he has a big old metal set of jaws. At least the cartoon does. Um, I did watch the Pierce Brosnan movies. Um, I mean, that was after the fact of playing playing his game on Nintendo 64. But I did watch those movies. Don't remember much. But I remember... Um, well, I remember the, the songs. The, about everything, and I think it started with Goldfinger. But every movie... There is a song that, uh, and it's they played at the opening credits. So no time to die. They, uh, Billy Eilish sang the song, um, and I couldn't tell you who sang the song for Goldfinger because that was back in the '60s. I know some '60s music, but it wasn't a rock singer. So, um, but like Madonna did "Die Another Day," which was the last Pierce Brosnan movie. Garbage did one of the Pierce Brosnan songs, um, and then like. All of the Daniel Craig ones, or at least the first three, uh, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Audio Slave, may he rest in power. Uh, he did uh, the song for Casino Royale called uh, You Know My Name. Quantum of Solace, it was Jack White of the White Stripes with Alicia Keys uh, called Another Way to Die. Uh, yeah, Josh says Casino Royale had the, had the most dope song, yes. Chris Cornell. Most dope. Yeah. Dope. Uh, and then was for Skyfall, it was Adele. A, and that was straight up called Skyfall. And then for Spectre, it was Sam Smith. Uh, that song wasn't as good, in my opinion. But the most, I think the most epic of Bond songs of all is Live and Let Die. which Live and uh, Let Die. Yes, originally by Paul McCartney and the Wings. And then Guns N' Roses did a cover of Josh says Adele. Adele is. Adele is always good. Adele makes music, and I just, I'm like, how does a human being create this? It's so magnificent. She is, she's got a very good vocal range, and she does crescendos, which is nice. Oh, perfect. Thanks, Jordic. Let's go, Atlanta. Uh, no, no, don't be talking about sports in here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Josh agrees with me. Sam Smith sucked. <laughs> okay, did you have any more wrapping thoughts on Bond before we move to the next segment? No, I still love Goldeneye, though. That's my favorite Bond movie today. Yeah, well, it's so. my favorite Nintendo 64 game. I mean, Mario Is it really? Still. Huh? We, should do a, we should do a video game segment sometime. Talk about <laughs> our favorite video games. That'd be cool. Okay, so the next segment, which um, some of you have already seen... Uh, videos of ours on and also probably listen to some podcasts and like I said I'm gonna work on consolidating these um, but uh, oh Jordic says Phantom Dark that's uh, another also by Rare Rare who did uh, Goldeneye but anyways the next segment is Comic Share um, like I said I'm sure you some of you might be familiar with Comic Share Jordic and Josh you each you both were on a few episodes of uh, Brian's been on an episode Timmy's been on a lot of episodes. I know Timmy was watching earlier. I don't know if he still is. Uh, so I've got um, a James Bond comic, and I asked Brian to see if he could find anything spy-related. So for Comic Share, we're going to do some spy comics. Uh, so like I said, so I got... Um, oh, I got a whole big old loot. A bunch of different comic shops. Like the other day, Timmy and I went to Rainbow Comics, 
Uh, and then uh, I ordered some from Midtown Comics and then uh, my hometown comic store in Beatrice. I uh, got some comics from there yesterday. Uh, yes, thank you, Josh. So what I got from Midtown Comics was, like what Josh says, James Bond Origins. This is number one. This is issue number one. And so this comic, it's kind of like, I thought it was neat. It was kind of like how James Bond Jr. Uh, it all involves, they're at a boarding school. And it's all the kids in that, in the cartoon. But it's a lot in his boarding school. So in this one, we have uh, James Bond when he's younger, like a teenager, and he's in boarding school. And this takes place, I like how they did it. Uh, this takes place over World War II. And so I like how they did it where it's like the origin to Sean Connery's Bond. Uh, Dr. No came out in 1962. So he would have been a teenager in the 40s with World War, uh, with World War II. Jordan says, looks like Chris Evans' face on that cover. You know, kind of does. So uh, that's that. So we're kind of going over World War Two in this. And then um, you have this uh, guy that works there at the boarding school. I want to, I don't know if they outright said who he was, but I want to say it was, it. I'm thinking it's M. Because it's like the whole comic is narrated by this guy. And then he talks about recruiting him into a... Um, government agency that is focused more on wits and guile and whatnot and so it almost seems like that's m going to recruit him but and right. then at the end of this it says that he's going to go ahead and join the british marines uh so yeah that's so that's uh sounds like that's what james bond origins is going to lead into i mean him as a teenager and maybe the next issue he'll be in the royal marines and then eventually, M is going to start up MI6. Uh, this is from Dynamite Comics. Uh, the author or the writer of this, I mean, it says Ian Fleming's James Bond Origins, which Ian Fleming wrote the original books in which the movies are based off of. Uh, I got this one here. I started reading it a few times, but this is an Ian Fleming uh, book. It's The Man with the Golden Gun. And so, and then I have got this book here, No Deals, Mr. Bond. It says Ian Fleming's, but this one is written by John Gardner. I haven't, I haven't read them yet. I started reading The Man with the Golden Gun. Um, but yeah, so this, it says Ian Fleming's, but it's written by Jeff Parker. And the artist is Bob Q. And then I think that cover, uh, the cover is done by John Cassidy. And this is Dynamite Comics. Uh, they're also doing some John Carter, Deja Thoris comics, Conan the Bar. Well, Conan the Barbarian moved over to Marvel, but Red Sonia, those sort of thing. And uh, so I, this was a few years ago. They moved on to other James Bond comics. There was like a James Bond Agent of Spectre comic, which those of you that know James Bond, Spectre is the evil organization. They're like the Hydra of James Bond. And so it kind of reminds me of when they did a Captain America, Agent of Hydra. And then they're doing something else now. I can't remember uh, what that was called. And I saw when we went to Rainbow Comics, there were sort of like graphic novels of the different movies of the books. They had like a Live and Let Die adaptation and a Casino Royale adaptation. 
Okay. Uh, Josh is now talking about sports. The hell? Good. Oh, heck yeah. This is important. This is important stuff right here. No, no, it's not. This is the geekery update at the sports with, ball. With, with Brian's sports knowledge. Unless we're going to okay. be talking Quidditch. A rollerball. Uh, here we go. Jordic has, oh, Josh says sorry. Okay. Uh, let me get into, Jordic has a approved fact about Dynamite, and then we'll get into, evidently Brian's going to talk about King the Conqueror. Uh, so Jordic says, Dynamite Entertainment. Dynamite was founded in 2004 and is home to several best-selling properties, including <clears throat> The Boys. So that's an original title of theirs. It's a lot of things they've licensed, like James Bond and John Carter and whatnot. But The Boys is something original. Uh, the Shadow, which is a licensed thing. That's an old serial show. Vampirella. Warlord of Mars, which is John Carter. Bionic Man. And then he continues. Oh, I don't think he does continue. It just goes off. But Josh says, I love the shadow. All right. So, Brian, hold that back up. What are you sharing for us? King the Conqueror. Issue number one. Number one. It's great. Uh, so, basically, it starts out as... Uh, uh, Nathaniel Richards is he's I think he's 14 actually I think they define his age as 14 um, but he's basically this 14 year old kid and his adult version Kang comes back in time to where he's at and he starts doing his Kang thing where he's like I am the master of time I am the multiverse traveler blah, blah, blah. and he basically goes to put Young Kang in under his wing, and Young Kang gets away using his multiverse traveling device, and then starts traveling the multiverse. That's great. It's a great story. It's a great story. It's a great story. It's a great story. It's good. 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 I'm gonna end up talking about Hans Zimmer. So anyway, like I said, last thing I talked about was Jurassic Park. So like you fly into Jurassic Park and you become so immersed with the music, you are in Jurassic Park with the dinosaurs. And that's just an example of what beautiful orchestrated music can do. And then, you know, I, I gave that example of Interstellar, the dunt, 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 with the spinning. And like, there are some movies I wish I could go back in time and erase from my memory and watch again for the very first time. And that, was my experience with that movie. So. Perfect timing. Perfect yeah. timing. Jordic says, sounds good. How old a version age-wise do we know of King? Oh, adult. I don't know. They don't really give it a, a age for adult King. Just that he's an adult. Okay. So how did that relate to Spies? Because he goes on the run from the multiverse adult king and he has to run through the multiverse being chased by adult king who clearly knows more about the multiverse than he does. So it almost sounds like that season finale of Loki. Does this like kind of tie into the Loki show or is this just, okay. 
or is it just trying to give uh viewers a little bit more understanding on yeah just it's it's hey we just put kang in this loki show people love him let's let's give him a comic which what did they actually call him on loki the he who he who remains he, he who remains which okay. is a very which is and I'll emphasize this, and I will emphasize this so I'm blue in the face. It is a variant of Kang. Which, so yeah. He, he, he is still Kang. Been seeing some things, uh, like interviews with Jonathan Majors and whatnot, and like he emphasizes that, yes, that is a variant of Kang that's not necessarily the Kang we'll see in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mayhem. Um, sounds like you're typing something up. <laughs> well, I'm getting all of my news prepared oh so um yeah so jonathan majors was in this new movie or some streaming that came out and i can't remember what it is but i'm sure jordic or josh or maybe even brian could tell me but i had commented on something about it and i said it looks like what they're trying to do is okay so we had jonathan majors and okay so we casted him for ant-man and the lost quantum mania look kind of a little unknown actor been in a few things but then then we put him in the season finale of loki and so people already know that this guy he'd been in a few things we've seen him in a few things we know that and he's they kill him that that's it that's important to remember is they kill him they introduce you and then yeah. they're like we're, we're killing him but he's like see you again soon and winks and you're like oh boy, oh boy right oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And so it looks like what they're trying to do is put this actor, and this this is classic MCU for you. They introduce you to a character playing a very, very important character from the comics, played by a real kind of an unknown actor. And then this actor starts blowing up, starts playing in all sorts of different things. So it looks like that's what they're doing, what's happening with Jonathan Majors. He's going to be showing up in a lot of things before he shows back up again in Ant-Man 3. And by the time he shows up again as King in Ant-Man 3, he's going to be this huge A-list star. Mm -hmm. Like Chris Hemsworth. Not very many people knew who Chris Hemsworth was when he played Thor, but they knew who Ant who Anthony Hopkins was. They knew who uh, Rene Russo was. Um, I know they didn't really know who Tom Hiddleston was either, but he's blown up since. Yeah, uh, I mean they knew They knew who Natalie Portman was. They knew who Stellan Skarsgård was, who, by the way, we missed that. He played the villain in uh, Doom. He was a big, he was like a worm guy or something. That was oh. the, uh, from Thor, the who Loki had took over his mind in Avengers. Um, some more comments here. Jordic says, yep, he has a Netflix movie dropping this week with Idris Elba and others. There we go. And then Josh says, okay, got to put the kids to bed. Good show, guys. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Jordan says, good night, Moon. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the newborn moon? Blue corn moon. Come on. Or ask the pretty bobcat why he sings. <laughs> Anything else you had to say on your comic, on your comic share? No, not really. Okay. So that you know, that was a good short little segment for Comic Share. Um, I will I will take that clip of what on that segment there, and I'll put it on our Comic Share podcast. And that's what I plan on doing when we do these in the next season. We'll we'll do like uh, you know our segments like we did wrapping thoughts.
that we did comic share. Um, I plan on doing a spinball segment, which is what we're doing for brain digestion, which would include like Timmy and Jordic, you know, possibly Josh, maybe yo, you know, uh, and hopefully when we're messing around with this new platform, uh, we can get more guests on, we could do that. So, um, I will take those segments and I'll, I'll cut them and I'll still put them in the different podcasts that I have. Like uh, brain digestion is still a thing. We've just taken kind of extended break on that. So I'll put whatever we did for brain digestion in that. And like tonight, we did the comic share. I will take that and I'll put that over in the comic share podcast that people can listen to that by themselves. But yeah, so that's comic share for you guys. Um, now let's go into the next segment uh, called updates. This is the geekery update. And so now we will talk about the Geekery updates. This is the update segment, which uh, all of you who have been watching our lives, you know, you've seen this before where, you know, we'll go, Brian and I go back and forth with news after we talked about our wrapping thoughts, then we go into news. This is updates. And so Brian, you want to start us off with that? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll just go to the first thing that I kind of, popped up Robert Downey Jr. and Matt Damon are in talks to join Christopher Nolan's next film, which already has Cillian Murphy and Emily Blunt. Um, as usual, Christopher Nolan's going to put a star-studded cast together, entice us with the actors, probably deliver some mind-bending movie with some drums and epic horns, have us feel like we're floating upside down. Boom. Christopher Nolan. Now, as far as I know, that won't be with Warner Brothers anymore, will it? It'll be with Universal, I believe. Okay. Because he parted ways with Warner Brothers after the whole thing with them doing their same-day release on HBO Max. He it, didn't it, like it. it. Yeah, he kind of screwed himself over, though, making him release Tenet so early, though. Yeah, I mean, that probably didn't make very much movie or make very much money for the movie uh, being released during the height of COVID. Oh, no. It, it lost money for the movie. Exclusive to theaters. Yeah. Yeah, that was a kind of I a on HBO Max. Bad, bad, bad decision on his part. Yeah. All right. Your turn. Okay. Um, did Jordic leave too? He said goodnight, Moon, and it says no viewers. Oh. Talking to the moon. Talking to the moon. Okay, so I've got uh they've announced uh, that 90s show so uh obviously a spinoff from that 70s show uh which has been about 20 years since that show has been on uh so naturally there would be that 90s show well there was when that 70s show was on was there was a that 80s show and did not do well got canceled within the first season and part of that problem i believe this is my guess on it, was when people seen they were doing a That 80s Show, they thought it was going to be a straight-up spinoff of That 70s Show that we would see updated versions of our favorite characters on That 70s Show. But it was a completely different cast. It was a you know a set of goofy characters like on That 70s Show. But only thing that had the same, it was a sitcom, but it took place in the era in which it's set. Mm. So we've got That 90s Show coming out you know now it's been 20 years since that 70s show it will reprise uh kurtwood smith and deborah joe rupp 
as um, Red and Katie Foreman. Uh, and recently, as geeks have seen Deborah Joe Rupp in something, what was that, Brian? WandaVision. WandaVision. Yes, WandaVision. <laughs> she played Vision's boss's wife in the first episode that was the black and white 50s episode. Yes. Oh, so the one that was in Friends, too. Yes, yeah, she was friends. She dated Phoebe's brother, which they had kids together. Um, triplets, no less. What? Triplets, triplets, no less. In which Phoebe was the surrogate for. Uh, so anyways, she, so she will reprise her role from that 70s show with her co-star, Kurtwood Smith, who played Red. And so they will be playing, uh, obviously they'll be playing their characters. Now, the plot will be, from what I read, was the daughter of Eric and Donna. So, you know, we've seen that Eric and Donna got married at the end of the show. You know, that was their relationship throughout the whole show. So they got married. So 20 years later, they have a teenage daughter. And so this daughter, who I don't think they announced who's going to be playing her, will be going to stay the summer with her grandparents. And she meets, makes new friends in the town that her parents grew up in. Uh, so no word if Topher Grace or uh, Laura Prepon will be reprising her or any of the other actors like uh, Wilmer Valderrama, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. Um, oh, that's such a cute couple. Oh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. <laughs> I don't think, uh, now I can't think of his name at the top of my head, but the actor played Hyde. I really don't think he's going to be getting any gigs anytime soon. Uh, him and Ashton Kutcher reunited for the show The Ranch, which had a lot of actors from that 70s show also on there. And I think Deborah Jo Rupp and Kurtwood Smith were, played little cameos on there as well. But uh, the actor played Hyde. He got fired from the show because of some uh, sexual harassment allegations. So, And then they replaced him with Dak Shepard. I mean, playing a different character, obviously. But So I really don't foresee him being on there or getting any gigs anytime soon but uh so yeah where that 80s show had failed uh not having any characters whatsoever i think this has a chance because it's a spin-off it's a sequel to it and we have some actors not all of them but we have some so it's like a new generation but we got uh kitty and red which a lot right. of people Love them from that set. I love Red. I always was like, you're going to have to have your my foot surgically removed from your ass. <laughs> I never saw that show, so. Oh, yeah, it, you should. It's, it's a classic. A lot of people try to argue which is better, that or Friends. I mean, obviously, you've only watched Friends and you love Friends. So you would argue that Friends would be better as you're watching Friends right now. I love Friends, and I think I probably would say Friends is better, but that 70s show is pretty legit, um, right up there with the classic sitcoms. Good to know. Yeah. All right, what do you got next? Uh, Nicholas Cage is set to report for both National Treasure 3 and 4, while also making an appearance in the TV series. Now, I have to go down to uh, who is cast for that. Um, God, there's been a lot of news. Um, 
Lizette Alexis is set to play the main character, uh, a woman named Jess, a dreamer searching for answers about the history of her family and a secret Pan-American treasure. Um, have you ever seen the National Treasure series? Uh-uh, I haven't, but I'm not a so, huge Cage. Even if you don't like Nicolas Cage, the movies are phenomenal. They are, if you're a history nerd, like if history is fascinating to you, I would highly recommend it. It is simultaneously a whodunit slash a uh, treasure hunting movie slash mystery movie slash action movie. Like they're really well done. And I remember when the sequel to the first one came out, I was a little hesitant because the first one was so good. But the second one was just as good, if not better, than the first one. So I've been saying they need to be making a third one for years. I've been like, come on. I mean, Jerry Bruckheimer, he doesn't mess around. Like, if he's going to make a, another National Treasure, he's going to pour his heart and soul into it like he did the Pirates series, you know? So okay. I'm I, really, glad, really glad to hear about this announcement. I, I really think it is a... Uh, it looks to me like a modern-day Indiana Jones. Yes. Minus, like, the – it's not nearly as action-y. Like, you don't think of National Treasure as an action movie, per se. Right. But you're watching it, and you're like, wow, there's a lot more action in this, in this than I anticipated. Like, yeah, of course, this is why they needed stunt doubles. Okay. So. So – so they're making a uh, three and four with this and a TV show with this and girl a TV show forward and the, Nicholas the t- play cameos. He's going to cameo in the TV show, but play, I mean, probably, I mean, they left the second one. They ended the second one, setting it up for a sequel. So they've already got something in that right. direction if they need, but it's, yeah, it's, it's really funny in the national treasure movies. He has a line in both movies that it's just like you would never think someone's going to say. Like the first one, he goes, I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. And you're like, what? And the second one, he says, I'm going to kidnap the president. You're just like, what? (laughs) So it's kind of campy, it sounds like. Yeah, it's like I said, they're really well done. I really enjoyed the second one. I think. One of the things that makes the movie so special is the supporting cast. I, they all do such a good job. The bad guys in both one and two are amazing actors. Uh, why can't they think of his name? He dies in everything he does. Boromir. What? Uh, Rich, Richard Bean. Is that his name? Richard Bean? Hold on. Not Mr. Bean. Or, Oh, mere actor. Sean Bean. Oh, he was he was in Lord of the Rings, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Vormir. Um, he's the bad guy in the first one, and he just <laughs> casually hits a home run. So yeah, it's great. I would. They're on Disney Plus. They're easy watch, fun watch. Actually, I I, I watch them for fun sometimes. Still. Okay. So. All right, ready for my next one? I'm ready. Okay, so there was a test footage uh, titled Robin that got released. Watching it, you think it's an actual movie they're going to do, but all it is is this actor named Jamie DaCosta. 
just doing an impression of Robin Williams. But it is so good, the cinematography is so good, he does a spot-on impression of Robin Williams, and it, it blew up the internet. Um, I, for one, am on the front of, I really want them to make this into a movie. And in the scene, it's, uh, he's, it takes place, the time frame of the scene is when he's on doing the show Mork and Mindy. And so he's in his trailer, he's talking to the actress who plays Mindy, which is obviously played by a different actress for this, but she's supposed to be playing that actress, who I guess uh, married um, the big guy from NCIS, Mark Harmon. Uh, the actual actress is married to him, but uh, the, the actress from Mork and Mindy. But anyway, so it's a scene between the two and they're talking, she brings up uh, that John Belushi had died. John Belushi from Animal House, Blues Brothers. So uh, you see that uh, evidently John Belushi was a big inspiration for Robin Williams. And so you see the emotion that this Jamie DeCosta pours into it. And like he acts as Robin Williams getting upset about it. And like he's trying to keep up appearances because Robin Williams is one of those that are known just to be wacky all the time off the, on and off the set. And so it, for those of you who haven't watched it yet, it's on YouTube. Uh, Jamie DeCosta is the actor. And it, it, it's, it's funny you brought that up because his daughter made a tweet that... Robin Williams' daughter? Yeah. And Zelda? The, yeah, the way she put it was so wonderful. She goes, no disrespect to the actor. Uh, no disrespect to the production. I'm sure it's fantastic. It's phenomenal. But why do you, she goes, why do you guys keep bombarding me with a video about my recently dead dad on the hardest day of his life? I think is how she put it. Huh. But I, I, it was just a really interesting take. And I'm with you. I think if they made that into a movie, I mean, if you don't want to see it, don't go see it. Because it would be hard to see for a lot of people, I'm sure. Um you know, because Robin Williams' death, I, I'll i say this till the end of time, it, it changed the way modern society looks at suicide. I mean, to have Robin Williams, I mean, you could not have, not even Jim Carrey, you couldn't even say Jim Carrey. It was Robin Williams was the pinnacle, he was the top, he was the king, he was the one. It Like, no one else in Hollywood could have done that and had it impacted the way that that impacted. So, so, like, I w I'll never forget, I was in King Supers and I I broke down. I was, I was, uh, I was a mess. I was... I mean, even my dad cried. <laughs> wow. Like, it was, it, it just impacted people different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not really, like, when I hear a celebrity has passed away, I'm, I'm sad, I'm upset, you know. But it doesn't really affect me as if somebody that I know personally has died. Rob mm -hmm. was an exception to that. Like, he was part of my childhood growing up. He was, like, another member of the family. You know, growing up watching Mrs. Doubtfire and uh, mm -hmm. Hook and Jumanji. Know, Jumanji, yes. And so, yeah, he was always a part of my childhood. So when I heard he had died and of suicide, no less, that really, I broke down and cried at that. Yeah, it 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 struck a chord. It struck a different chord in the fabrication of like our our society's heart. Like it, yeah, it pulled on a heartstring, and we were just like, damn. So I can I can understand the viewpoint of why people don't want to see it because it's like oh it'd be hard but right like, some sometimes that's why you need to experience you know so many people run from the experience of the feeling but 
until you feel what you need to feel and experience it, like you'll never find true healing. So I think I, I would personally find a lot of solace in in, in a movie like that, you know, just, just to see, yeah, what kind of front did he put on on an everyday basis? You know, because right. I watch I watch interviews with him of, on like Graham Norton, and he's like dancing around, jumping on the table, making everyone laugh, doing his thing, and I'm just sitting there like, how much is he hurting inside right there? Right. Like, is he hurting? Well, I was gonna say Flubber is another one of those movies that I grew up with, but if you ever watch, um, it was uh, an HBO special back in like 2001, 2002. Got Robin Williams on Broadway, and it was a big old stand-up special. Like he he started off his career doing stand-up, and like in the '90s, he did a tour with Billy Crystal and Whoopi Goldberg. But so he hadn't done stand-up. I don't think he had done stand-up for a while. He just got big in the movies, became a big movie star. So he did this special called Robin Williams on Broadway, and I think it's on HBO Max. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I recommend it. But just watching it, and it oh. Man, if that one came out, he would so be canceled. If that came out now, he'd so be canceled because he is all oh, like he hit he checks all the boxes. But like, yeah, he does. But just watching it, you, I wonder, yeah, how much he's hurting and like, was he on something? Was he like on coke or whatever on it uh, on that? He is so high strung, and then just wondered like how much, you know, it it was almost a cry for help. I mean, I really don't want to say that as something that is humorous, as entertaining of that. I don't really want to take it away from that, but just, just watch it with those. I mean, eyes. that's and knowing what yeah, its fate was. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. There was. I, I I've been a part, you know, me and you both. You know, we've been been around for thirty plus years. We've we've seen some celebrities die, but there was something different about Robin Williams. There was just uh-huh. something different and you could feel it. Like I, 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 in no way, shape or form am I comparing Robin Williams death to nine 11. So don't think that's what I'm saying. But like the, I, what I remember about nine 11 is like the days following, like you could go into a grocery store and people were just like nicer to each other. They were like, hello, how are you here? Let me help you get that. That's kind of what it was like when Robin Williams died too, is like, it was like we all were forced to look at things for, even if it was a very small period of time, we were forced to look at things from a different perspective. Like, what if the person I'm standing next to at the grocery store is in an immeasurable amount of pain? Like, we just hadn't thought about those as like a society. And after Robin Williams' death, I remember that was one of the things that I noticed was people just treated each other different again. It was. I had never seen a, a a single celebrity death like that do something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, if you haven't checked it out, uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, Jamie DaCosta, he's the actor, and I believe it's his YouTube channel. Uh, it's just called Test Footage, and in parentheses or something says Robin. All right, what's your what's your next piece of news, Brian? What's your next update? Um. Ethan Hawke's role in Moon Knight rumored to be Dracula, which falls yeah. right along with the speculation that Blade is making an appearance. Um, is Moon Knight's sons being set up in Moon Knight? I sure hope so. Midnight I Sun? Sure. Yeah, that would be like Doctor Strange, Blade, Werewolf by Night, um, Moon Knight, Dracula would probably 
No. Fun, Morbius would have a better chance. Oh, yeah. Mo Morbius would be awesome there. Fun fact about that. Uh, in Blade Trinity, the third Blade movie with Wesley Snipes, uh, Dracula was the villain for it, but it was an updated version of Dracula. He called himself Drake, but he, you know, lived so many years. Uh, you know, played him was uh, Mick Rory. Uh, well, that's not the actor's name, but the character from Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash. Uh, that same actor who was also on Prison Break with Wentworth Miller is Legends of Tomorrow co-star. But he's who played Dracula in that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited for, I'm excited for Moon Knight, man. It's, yeah. I think I'm most excited for the differential identity disorder aspects like Oscar Isaac is such a phenomenal actor to, to watch him transition through these personalities is going to be so much fun. And another installment of the, the greatness of his acting of Oscar Isaac we just watched was in Dune. I, I, I mean, he did it. I'd be willing to say Timothy Chap is it Timothy Chap Chamlet Chamlet? Chamlet, yeah, I don't think that might be it. He he he's a really good actor, but I don't think he tries to act. Does that make oh. sense? It's kinda like Leonardo DiCaprio where it's just very natural for him. <laughs> well so, I had said uh in one of our group chats that I would fan cast him as Nightcrawler. But he, I think I, that I think I read something that he was he's not going to do Marvel movies or superhero movies or something. So I don't know. Which, put a pin in that statement. I've got a piece of news for that. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to the whole I like the horror aspect of things. The darker aspect. So I'm looking forward to Dracula being in there. I really like Dracula just as a character. The, the story of Dracula is great. But then the way they brought him into Marvel and I'm looking forward to Blade and all the all the horror aspects with the Midnight Suns and whatnot. Okay, so my you, you done with your with that yeah. piece? Okay. So my piece, now I gotta look up the actor's name. But so there's a certain actor who did pass away that I wanted to bring up. And we were just talking about there we go. We we're just talking about the show that he's famous for James Michael Tyler played Gunther on Friends mm -hmm. he passed away uh, October 24th age 59 uh, he was there was the reunion special they did for Friends on HBO Max earlier this year I'm really glad he was able to make it they it was a zoom uh, thing and he he looked like he was really sick in that um, mm -hmm. I, what was it that he passed away from? Um, prostate cancer. Yeah. And I don't think, I really don't think he, that was like his only role. I have not seen him in anything else. But, so there's the whole, there was a spinoff of Friends, Joey, which, I mean, was, was a great run, and I wish it would have lasted longer. Uh and that was the most obvious choice for a friend spinoff. But I would entertain the idea of a Gunther spinoff where it would be like, so the rest of the friends, you know, they moved on where they did. Oh, Josh is back. Hey, Josh. Guess who's back? Look at, look at. Back again. Look at, look at. Josh is back. Josh is back. Look at, look at. He's our friend. Tell your friends. Hey. <laughs> but anyways. Here. Oh, hold on, hold on. You ready? 
Okay. Hey, hey, Josh is back. There, I told friends. No, you told friends. Okay. But yes, we're talking about Gunther on Friends. Um, I Yeah, if like the Friends cast would have moved on after the finale and then Gunther just continued to run Central Perk and then just the cast of characters, people who work there at Central Perk or whatever and different customers and, and then maybe like different people would try to sit in that couch and Gunther would be like, wait, no, oh, well, wait, I, I guess you can. Oh. <laughs> oh. But, uh, <laughs> I wanna let me IMDB this real quick. I really don't think he was in anything else. I think he was just one of those actors or one of those people that just played this character and was good with it. IMDB.com. James Michael Tyler. There we go. James Michael Tyler. But yeah, it's really you know, we're getting a little sappy here talking about Robin Williams. Now we're talking about him passing away. Uh, oh, he's been on some things, I guess. I've uh, been on some things. Oh, have you? He was on a TV series called Modern Music. Several episodes of that. Uh, he was, well, he was on an episode of Scrubs. Huh. A TV movie called Nobody's Watching. Uh, there was a short film, two shorts in 2020, uh, the gesture, the gesture and the word, and another one called Processing. Uh, he was well. There was the show Episodes, which had um, Matt LeBlanc playing himself uh, and just uh, goofing on the fact that he was Joey on Friends, and so like a lot of the actors from Friends were on there. I guess he played James Michael Tyler on that. Uh, he was on an episode of Just Shoot Me, episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, not very many things, but more things than I realized. So rest in power, James Michael Tyler. All right, what's your next news? Um, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a little double dosage, but there is uh, Nova, a Nova film and a Thunderbolts film are expected to begin filming, start production next year and begin filming in the early part of 2023. Okay. So that would kind of fill the gap a little bit um, between the Marvels and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and then because I think, what is it? The Marvels? No, uh, Ant-Man comes out in July 2023, so they need films to come out November of that year, so yeah, and they kind of, they had the three movies that came out after Ant-Man, but then they took them off the table. So I think, mm -hmm. and they're trying to... They just they just reshuffled their schedule. They must have, They right. my guess is they probably have finalized their next Avengers plan, so they just put everything in place. All right, and I think what they're going back to just doing three movies a year instead of, they were starting to do with this year, they started to do four movies a year. I think they're going to go back to three movies a year. For the time, overwhelming the time being, yes, yeah. Plus, I think, I think the, a series. Yeah, I think, and there was. <coughs> oh my gosh! I've God been bless you. For so long, <laughs> I think there was uh, after the success of Wandavision, there was a lot of talk that Marvel got really heavily focused on their Disney Plus side. So I actually have a feeling we're going to see a lot more than we realize. I think we're going to see anywhere between seven to ten additional Disney Plus series announced wow. next week. I really do. I think 
I, I think that I, they made that a focus in their priority. You said Nova and Thunderbolts. So these are announced movies. Announced as production, but they're so I want to clarify this. They're announced as rumors by Charles Murphy. Mm. So they're technically rumors, but they're when when Charles Murphy Murphy does a Murphy. Let me let me tell you something about Charles Murphy. Is he's very and I love the guy, but his ego is very very inflated. He has a very big ego, and he is not willing to disrupt that ego. So he won't post something unless he's confident with his sources. So when he says this is a rumor, that's more like Variety saying this is confirmed. Ah. Charles Murphy, everybody. Murphy's Multiverse. Listen to it. Uh, yeah, he is brilliant. Did you say Thunderbolts there? So that's probably going to pick up what um, Val has been doing so far. We saw her in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We saw her at the post-credits of Black Widow. She's recruiting a team. And so everybody's mm -hmm. speculating that she's recruiting the Thunderbolts. So that would probably be the culmination of that. Mm -hmm. Probably. I mean, yeah, John Dark. Walker. Yeah, she's Walker, recruited Yelena. USA. She recruited Yelena, the second Black Widow, Natasha's sister. You got to figure oh. one of the Hawkeyes will shift over. Probably Clint Barton. I think it'll be Clint Barton. Our swordsman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all we know, Echo. Echo could slide over into that role. Yeah, that's probably a good possibility. And the other one you said was Nova. So that will probably be picking up from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we've got, we've been. Technically, Infinity Nova War because Nova Corps is gone. Yeah. And so who it would be, which Nova would it be? Would it be Richard Ryder? Would it be Sam Alexander? My guess would be Probab Sam Alexander, but they're going to reference Richard Ryder. It would probably be the kind of the similar to Scott Lang and Hank Pan in that yeah. the Richard Ryder we would see would be too old in essence to take on the mantle of Nova. So he'd give it to, cause Sam, Sam Alexander is of, of earth. So yeah. um, it would have to be some sort of Thanos destroys the Nova core. Nova flies to earth, lands, crash lands, probably, I don't know how What's they'll do it, but probably. Alexander's part of. Uh, there is a team right now they're doing uh, in Marvel in the comics. Oh, Oz Morales, Miss Marvel, the champions. Yeah, it, the young oh. champions or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So makes me wonder if they're eventually going to do that. I mean, yeah, they're talking about doing a Young Avengers slash Avengers West Coast, but what they do? I mean, they already got Miss Marvel. Rumor. Rumor is that they're eventually going to bring in Miles Morales. Well, so West, the West Coast Avengers would probably be the the Young Avengers. It would probably be same exact team. Yeah, just what, with I don't know. I there's members of the West Coast Avengers that I like that aren't necessarily Young Avengers. So hoping they could do that right, which MCU usually does. Okay, uh, my next piece. If you're done with yours, yes, sir. Okay. Um, and I think this is chalked up still in the rumor department. Uh, some places say confirmed, but I'm not entirely sure. Brian, hopefully you can uh, clarify this for me. Brennan Fraser has been cast in the Batgirl movie as the main villain. And signs are pointing that he's playing Firefly. Garfield. Yep. That is accurate. 
Okay, that is accurate. Um, Deadline had reported on it. And so, yeah, I am. That's awesome that Brendan, well, that's the second DC role for Brendan Fraser because he plays Robot Man in, uh, in Doom Patrol. Uh, Josh says White Vision. I think he's talking, oh, he's talking about West Coast Avengers. And then he says Firefly, which is, yeah, Brendan Fraser here. So it's the second, his second DC role. Uh, yeah, he played Robot Man, like I said. And so he's kind of playing these minor roles. And so when I think of him being like a DC villain, I would almost want him to play a bigger villain. Yeah, Firefly is probably like a B list, not necessarily a C list. So I'm, and Brandon Frage is a great actor. I'm sure he'll bring a lot of life to it. Um, just kind of wishing that he would have been somebody bigger. Yeah, most people say that about me. God, I just wish Brian's so great. I just wish he could be a little bigger. Moving on. <laughs> um, so let's see what else. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Where was I going? Na 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 na. You know, I was gone for your talk on scores, and and like I said, I know that you and Josh have something planned for that, but John Williams has got to be the hands down the best composer for movies. See, I most I iconic. Disagree. I, I can't disagree with that. You can't disagree. Okay, good. Okay. At least most iconic. I, I'll, I'll soundtracks. Argue... For the most I'll argue part. the point that Hans Zimmer is better, but I can't actually dispute that. Do you got more um, news? Do I need to move on to one of mine? I'm just going to report the last bit of news. So Bill Murray has been cast in Ant-Man 3. So that was one of I'm mine. To... Oh. Um, but go ahead. We'll, we'll talk because since it's both of ours, that's good. Where was the... Now I'm at all. Yeah, now I'm all at all this news. I don't know where it's at. Uh, someone was cast as Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Three. What? Um, Bill Poulter, who was um, I know him from. Uh, he was in the Chronicles of Narnia movie movies. He was in the last one they did, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which is the third book. I uh, played Eustace Scrub, which is like a snot-nosed punk uh, cousin to the the main kids. And, yep. and a lot of people know him from Meet the Millers. Yeah, he's With, he's, uh, he's going to be Adam, he's going to be Adam Warlock. Um, okay. James Gunn raved about his his auditions, so apparently he brought something special. So. Wow. Okay, so back up to Bill Murray, um, and Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> Quantum. Quantum. Quantum Mania. Mania. Okay. Well, first off, um, interviews had said Bill Murray was not really wanting to do uh, any superhero movies or Marvel movies or anything like that. But uh, the Peyton Reed, the director, um, he liked his work. Uh, there was something that he did before that Bill Murray really loved and raved about, and I can't remember the time ahead, but it was something. Some real famous movie of his. Uh, so th that's what really made him want to do this role was he wanted to work with Peyton Reed. 
and he wanted to know the experience of working on a Marvel movie. Well, uh, Josh says Bill Murray as the mayor of Chronopolis. Oh, is that the city in uh, the Quantum Realm? That would be hysterical. I would support uh, that. That would be great. But evidently, Bill Murray had played a Marvel role way back in the 80s. Uh, well, before I say that, he was also, they were going to work on a, he was going to play Batman. Uh, there Before they did the Michael Keaton movie, they were going to do like a, uh, kind of in the same realm as like an Adam West kind of Batman, where Bill Murray was Batman, and uh, Eddie Murphy would have been Robin, and then uh, Robin Williams was the Joker. But that got scrapped. But uh, there was something, Bill Murray, I think it was just a voice role. He played the Human Torch, Johnny Johnny Storm. And I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was some animated thing, a voice role. Uh, <laughs> but so anyways, so he signed on to play this because of Peyton Reed. Now, they haven't announced who he's going to be, but my fan cast for him is in which they've said another one of my favorite actors is going to be rumored to play him but i would love to see bill murray as modok or at least some goofy villain like that but jim carrey is going to be such a better modok well that's the rumor now that jim carrey will play modok which i would support that as well i wanted him to be carnage but uh i would support oh, jim carrey would be such a good modok can you imagine the facial expressions that little tiny computer animated face is going to make inside of the robot being? Oh my god. Uh, but with that being said, um, I really hope they pick a good role for Bill Murray and not just some, just some random, some unknown character. Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited, I think. Yeah, I'll have more to share about the MCU next week, but... Um, All right. Did you have any more? I, just, I got some some others. I, I needed to see more of what their plans are before I start formulating theories again. But no, I don't really... Oh, the last bit of news is Boba Fett is rumored to be nine episodes in length. Okay. Which um, would take it to basically the end of February with so in theory Marvel could very well put She-Hulk or Miss Marvel in March yeah and we could potentially have something going all the way through May well, of what, next year what are they saying is season three of Mandalorian oh Fuck. that that's that's filming so that's not okay. until next year the year after well as far as I knew that that was going to pick up right after Book of Boba Fett but uh, I mean, the guy I, that played Mandalorian, what's his name? Um, uh, Robert Rodriguez. What? Robert Rodriguez is a director. He directed the episode in which Boba Fett was in. Okay. And he did from Dust Till Dawn movies. Oh, let me look him up because I can't think of his name on top of my head. He played the villain in Wonder Woman 84. Pedro Pascal. Thank you. You're welcome. He yeah. is, he actually has a cameo in the Boba Fett trailer. He's a voice. Oh. At the beginning well, of the Boba Fett trailer, he goes, I, I, I'm, I'm not a bounty hunter. And you hear that voice go, that's not what I heard. That's, yes. that's, that's Mando. I, I thought I heard his voice. I thought I heard that. 
So, and then that was also another piece of my news I was going to talk about was the Boba Fett trailer, uh, which got dropped the other day. Um, yesterday, I believe. And it looks, looks pretty legit. I couldn't be happier with the casting choice. I mean, he was Django Fett, and he is a clone of Django. Uh, and um, Agent Melinda May is in here again, Senek Chan. So yeah, that that was looking pretty good. And then he's meeting with like the under, the underworld of Tatooine, uh, some <laughs> Tradashians, the lizard people. Yes, please speak freely. <laughs> that looks pretty good. My next piece is also a Star Wars piece of news. Uh, so not only is Hayden Christensen going to be in the Obi Wan series, he has also now been announced to be in the Ahsoka series as well. Um, mm -hmm. In the Obi-Wan series, he is confirmed to be playing Darth Vader, which is awesome, uh, which is something that I've always wanted because in my mind, there's a separation between Anakin and Darth Vader. It's like the way they treat him as they're two different characters. And I want to see something that bridges the two. Mm -hmm. So hopefully in Obi-Wan, we'll see like some scenes with the, with the mask off and everything and him all just scarred up or in the regeneration chamber or whatever and so we'll see some of that and then in the ahsoka series i'm wondering if it's if it takes place because ahsoka when she showed up in the mandalorian that takes place after return of the jedi after darth vader is dead uh is it gonna be flashbacks or is it gonna be a force ghost jock mm -hmm. says i'm more excited for him to be in ahsoka than i'll be one and yeah, i agree relationship between anakin and ahsoka like in Clone Wars, you know, they was, a, you know, they bonded so well. And then in Rebels, how we've seen how after Anakin had became Darth Vader and then just the hurt and betrayal that Ahsoka had felt from that. Uh, great to see this in live action. And the, uh, something, the way it was announced couldn't have been better. Uh, Rosario Dawson, who plays, uh, who's playing the live action Ahsoka, uh, what did she say? She said, uh, you're going to kill it, Sky Guy. And said, mm -hmm. Snips, because that was their nicknames for each other. She called him Sky Guy, and she call he called her Snips. So it was nice that they did that. And then there was a picture I saw somewhere, the two together, Hayden Christensen and Rosario Dawson. And I think it might have been even before Rosario Dawson was cast as Ahsoka. Right. But so that, yeah, that one I'm really excited for. Uh, and I'm so glad that they're, uh, these prequel era actors are bringing, being brought back. Like, there's so much hate on the prequels. Uh, but, I mean, I'm really excited about Second Chance for them. You know, you got Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan again in his series. A, uh, Hayden Christensen is coming back as uh, Anakin, which... His portrayal got so much hate on. Uh, so mm. hopefully he'll be able to redeem himself. Um, and then you got, uh, you know, Boba Fett, um, Tamara Morrison, uh, who played Django Fett. And so naturally he would be playing Boba Fett. Uh, so I'm really, I, I'm really excited about this uh, second chance for these actors. And hopefully, uh, uh, and then you had Darth Maul at the end of the Obi-Wan movie. Or not the the Han Solo movie. So yeah, Solo. 
yeah at the end of solo so uh i'm hoping i mean i think they shot down like he was going to be in something else that they were going to do and then they decided... i actually just read i think it was yesterday that they're they might be planning an animated darth mall series i did see that too um I think Charles Murphy reported that actually. Okay. I mean, I'll definitely watch the shit out of that because uh, Darth Maul is one of my favorite uh, Star Wars characters, but I I really want to see him more in live action stuff. And so hopefully, I, agree. Uh, I forget the actor's name. Well, Ray Park plays plays him, like uh, the the body of him, and Ray Park also played Toad in uh, X Men, the first X Men movie. But he, so he played Darth Maul in episode one, but then uh, the voice of him, and I think he also played the voice of him in episode one, but then he carried on and played the voice for him in Clone Wars and Rebels and all that. So I think it was a hybrid of the two actors at the end of Solo. But so the voice, I forget his name, but he was on this show called Being Human, which was about, uh, he played a vampire and then you had a werewolf. The, and the actor was on Detroit Rock City and a few other movies of that era. And then a ghost. And they're all roommates. And it was based off a British show. So British show was pretty good too. Uh, so being human, the, the guy that plays the vampire plays Darth Maul. Um, you have any other news? Nope. Okay. I do not. I wanted to touch on, I had, there was some bunch of trailers that got dropped. Uh, oh, Josh said he was also Vader's apprentice in Force Unleashed. Uh, so, bunch of trailers dropped. We talked about the Morbius trailer and we talked about the Boba Fett trailer. Uh, but also there was a trailer for Lightyear, which is, uh, oh, Josh says in Doomsday on Smallville. Oh, the actor that plays Maul? I think that's who he's talking about. Okay. So the Lightyear, there's a trailer for Lightyear, which they announced last year at Disney Investors Day. Hadn't seen anything on that since. When they announced it, they said Chris Evans was going to play Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear's voice, which Chris Evans is great, so I support that. It's not Tim Allen, so there's that Sam Whitwer. That's the actor's name, Sam Whitwer. Thank you, Josh. Uh, but so they finally released the trailer on that, and it, you know, be it. The story is Buzz Lightyear, the actual astronaut in which the action figure from Toy Story was based on. Mm-hmm. So, and they did, they actually did a cartoon, an animated series, where uh, they did a t- they did a movie for it where Tim Allen played his voice, and it was two D animation, and then they continued that on with a series, and then Patrick Warburton played Buzz Lightyear. Which was he was also great as Buzz Lightyear, Patrick Warburton, uh, known for he played the Tick in the live the live action, not the newest one, but the one uh, back in the early two thousands, and also plays Joe on Family Guy. Uh, but anyways, he played Buzz Lightyear there, which that was a great cartoon itself. So them announcing this movie almost sounds like they're erasing that cartoon, which I wish they would put on Disney Plus. But nonetheless, the trailer looks pretty, pretty stellar. No pun intended. <laughs> it looks like it's some like to infinity and beyond or something. And beyond. <laughs> I like in the, there was a trailer, a teaser trailer they did for the Super Bowl for Toy Story 4. And Key and Peele played these two stuffed animals 
that were at the the the, the, uh, the, the fair that they went to. And the, so the teaser was just them two riffing on each other, riffing on the movie. Like, oh, I hear they're going to make a Toy Story 4. Uh, yeah, I like that Buzz Lightyear. What does he say? To infinity and your mom. <laughs> Classic key and feel. Uh, another trailer that they dropped was for part two of Masters of the Universe Revelations. Uh, part one was released earlier this year. Uh, Masters of the Universe, which is He-Man, um, and which was written by Kevin Smith. So part one was released earlier this year. Very, very mixed reviews. You either hated it or you loved it. I loved it. So I'm excited that part two uh, is coming out. Uh, looks like the storyline for this, you got Savage He-Man, which is more like a just a feral He-Man. Uh, as we, spoiler alert, get ended... Uh, part one where Skeletor gets the sword. The sword where, if you know anything about He-Man lore, uh, He-Man raises the sword, or Adam, Prince Adam raises the sword. He says, I have the, I have the power. And he becomes He-Man. He becomes, he grows into He-Man. Uh, so Skeletor has it now. But Skeletor in this is played by Mark Hamill. And so mm -hmm. in the trailer, they said, they, they say, he-Man says, I don't need the sword to transform. I have the power inside me. And then Skeletor loses his shit. He's like, what? And then so he, Prince Adam grows, and he's now Savage He-Man. And I also wanted to point out something I've been seeing on the interwebs. Uh, there's a reprisal of the character Pig Boy. Pig Boy, uh, evidently, in the Ninth, uh, I think it was 1986 or something, but there was a live-action movie of He-Man back in the 80s where Dolph Lundgren played him. And they had brought in some new characters, some that weren't in the cartoon at all. Uh, they wanted to make new characters, make action figures of whatever. But one particular character was a fan. He was a, he was a, a kid that he won a chance to be in the movie, a little cameo. So they made this kid up. They made him a character called Pig Boy. And wasn't in that character wasn't in anything else, none of the subsequent uh, cartoons or the comics that they put out, but they're putting Pig Boy in this one. Yeah, all right, all right. Um, and then moving on, uh, Chris Pratt has been announced to play another uh, animated voice of a beloved cartoon character. He's this actually, an, he was announced for a third one today, so go ahead and reveal the cat. Oh my god, yeah, I didn't hear this third one yet. But the, the one I'm talking about, so he's already been cast as Mario for, a Mario for a Mario movie coming out next year. He's been announced as the voice of a Garfield movie they're making, which we've talked about Bill, Bill Murray already. Bill Murray was not the original voice of Garfield, it was Lorenzo Music, but he sounded just like Bill Murray. And so when they did the live-action CGI movies of Garfield back in the early 2000s, Bill Murray played his voice. But it's not... Chris Evan or Chris Pratt sounds nothing like either of them. But he's playing Garfield for some reason. But I like Garfield, so I'm going to watch it. So who's this third character now, Brian? I'm reading that it's actually... I, I don't see anything new on it, so... But... 
it was suggested earlier they what's the current spider-man animated tv show they have i think it's just called marvel spider-man well basically chris pratt would take over the voice role of peter parker but i'm looking at it now and i think it might have just been a joke uh it sounded like so, it. there was a joke that was... boss logic made and it was, he was going to be playing uh ash ketchum a pokemon yes. it got that got dylan all upset <laughs> so all right well, last piece that i have unless you had something else to say on that so we know that Chris Pratt is going to be playing Mario and Annie's going to be playing Garfield. That Those are for certain. Yes. While continuing to be Star-Lord for at least one more movie. Two more movies. Yeah, because he's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder as well. And the holiday special. Oh, and the holiday. Okay, so three, at least three more movies. He's going to be Star-Lord. Uh, last one, uh, last piece I have is Doctor Who Flux. Uh, the first episode dropped on Halloween. I haven't watched it yet, but I have been watching uh, all the episodes of Jodie Whittaker as Doctor Who. A lot of people hate on her as Doctor Who. I've enjoyed her. So, um, looking forward to this. This is her last season, um, in which a lot of people are so happy that she's not going to be Doctor Who anymore. Uh, so, this is the last season. It's a shortened season called Doctor Who Flux. Uh, and then this will also be the last season with showrunner Chris Chibnall. And the way Doctor Who does it, like they'll do the opening credits with who's all in it, and then they'll say the name of the episode and they'll say, by whoever, the showrunner. So they, they treat the showrunner like they're the author. So Chris Chibnall is leaving as well, and they're bringing back Russell T. Davies, which everybody is really enjoying the shit out of that. He was the showrunner when David Tennant, in my opinion, is the best doctor. Uh, and he was great on Jessica Jones. That's that was my yeah. Dave, David Tennant yeah. made Jessica Jones. Yeah. and that's what got single-handedly. That's what got me into Doctor Who. Like I loved him on Jessica Jones. I'm like, Jessica! who is this guy? I was like, I know he's a Doctor Who, so I went and watched him as Doctor Who, and so yeah, that's what got me into Doctor Who. So Russell T Davies, who was the showrunner back when David T David Tennant was on the show, he's returning this next season. A lot of people are throwing out who should play Doctor Who next. Uh, there was a uh, it was a weird episode, and then they brought her back of this last season where there was another Doctor Who. Uh, Joe Martin, I think her name was. She's a woman of color, and so if they don't bring her on as the next Doctor Who, or at least explain what's going on with that, um, I would entertain the fact if Russell T Davies is returning, why not David Tennant return? Everybody would love that if he returned as Doctor Who. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, after we get done here, I'm going to watch. There's now two episodes of Doctor Who up. And they're like 85 minutes apiece. So it's going to be like, Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'll be up for a while with you. I'll be talking to Brie, someone. Uh, with someone. <laughs> um, so with that being said, Let's go into our last segment of the show called Obligatory Freestyle. All right. And Brian's topic of Obligatory Freestyle will be Chris Pratt and the many characters that he plays. <laughs> ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. Ba -da -ba 
Bye. Chris Pratt getting uh-huh. eaten by a T-Rex. That's fine because he got the weight out because he's Star-Lord and he's making his, ne- his next flex. He's got Gamora all green like the Hulk, but that's my way of saying that I'm going to spill out like a gallon of milk and he's like, look at me, I'm Mario with his finger in the air and then he's not going to care because he's going to be like Garfield and lazy everywhere that he goes because he doesn't even care and he's got orange hair and he's scared of the dinosaurs because he's getting bored. And he is tired of Anna Ferris coming and knocking at his door, wanting some more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> full disclosure, whenever we do these, I'm more focused on my beatbox and listening to what you're saying. And then I just wait till you're done. And then I'll go back when I go back and edit the episode and upload it, listen to it later. I listen to your freestyles. But I heard you say knocking on the door. Wanting more. Oh my god, I can't wait to go back and listen to the whole thing and see what led up to that. Uh, anyway, yeah. so that's the way the cookie crumbles, folks. Yeah. So this was a little bit longer episode. I've come to gr- grips with the fact that these shows are just going to be two hours long. This was yeah. a half hours on, but we added Comic Share in there, which Comic Share is on average about a half hour. So there you go. Right. Uh, but like I said before, this is the penultimate episode of season three of Geekery Update. This is the last episode that we're doing these segments with. So the next episode will be a special episode. It'll be on November 12th, which is a Friday. That's next Friday. We'll be talking about Disney Plus Day. So like DC Fandom, Marvel has their day. (laughs) And so that's, we'll be just talking about everything that they talked about for Disney Plus Day. Well, I mean, we'll talk about the Star Wars stuff too. I'm I'm gonna watch the Boba Fett special. I'm excited for that. Yeah, and Boba Fett is also, you know, I talked about Maul being one of my favorite Star Wars characters. My three favorite Star Wars characters are Boba Fett, Darth Maul, and Darth Vader. And if you want to throw in a fourth, it'd be Yoda. Not Grogu, baby Yoda, but Yoda. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks everybody who uh, who listened and watched and who's going to be watching and listening in the future uh, to this past episode. Uh, thank you from the past. Thank you, future you, for, yes. from the past us. And like I said, this is the last episode we'll be doing these segments, but we'll be coming back with season four uh, sometime early next year. Well, we'll also, if Brian's on board for it, we'll do the year in special for 2021. Absolutely. I'm on board. Sure, we'll talk about Spider-Man No Way Home and Eternals on that as well. Kimberly says you're welcome. (laughs) Uh, But I'm sure we'll talk about that on those two movies on there as well. But, um, But otherwise... Uh, we'll start up with season four again sometime early 2022. God, I'm getting mixed up on the years. Early 2022. And like I said, I really enjoyed the live experience here. Uh, but then audio, uh, when we take the audio from it later, it's not, I'm not 100% with the quality of that. So we're going to try a new platform and a new way to do it. But we've learned things along the way. And I'm very pleased with the way Geekery Update has evolved. We've been going for a little over a year, 
yeah, we're in season yeah. three, but we're going a little over a year, and I think that's a that's a pretty good run, I think, so far. And we're not done yet. Oh no, we're I like we're just we're I think we're like we're still figuring things out and yeah, like when we find a way to improve or something that makes it easier for us both, I think we both run with it. Yeah. And I think that I think that we talk every day in geek life helps. Oh yeah. And like really helps us with our chemistry. People gotta remember like so Byrne and I, yeah, we were friends beforehand and we you know we met through Geek Life and we talked a little bit about comics and whatnot. But we really didn't become I wouldn't say we really became friends until we started this. So everyone who's been watching yeah. from the beginning of Geek Reuptate has watched our friendship. To get sad, <laughs> they watched our friendship blossom, yeah. literally. And then, um, and like I've said before, Geekery Update is like a spinoff of Brain Digestion. Uh, we started Brain Digestion with Timmy beforehand. Um, and so those of who've been who's listened to Brain Digestion and whatnot before, uh, and you know, you've seen that we've kind of taken a break from that. Don't worry, be and. Like I said, I'm going to try to just condense them all together. So uh, when we come back with season four, we're gonna, just going to have big old shows with the Geekery Update, with Comic Share, with Brain Digestion, Spinball. Uh, we're we're going to be working it all out, figuring it all out. But like I said, we've been evolving and uh, updating. We are almost in our final Pokemon form. Now that's even nerdier beyond me. Geekier. Yeah. So with anyway. Said, with that being said. Well, well, with that being said, Brian, what is with that be being said? No. Oh, thank you guys for coming. Have so, a good night. Cookies and crumbling and whatnot. I'm doing this, so I don't know what this is, but I'm doing it. Diamond Hands down the in the air, wave them all around like you don't. Okay. Diamond. Dallas. H to the Izzo. H. V to the Izzo. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. See you guys on the 12th and see you, talk to you after a bit, Brian. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>